All right, GMGM fam. How's everyone doing today? Hey, good morning. GM, GM. Hey, GM. Yeah. Got the Constitution out there at sea? Yes, sir. All right. We are live, by the way. We've just gone live. Turn this down a little bit. Uh, okay. Oh, got, uh, we've got hands up already. Got Dr. Bragby, we'll bring you up here. Good morning. Good morning. Hey. Okay. All right, friends. GM, GM. Uh, this is our regular DAO meeting. And so uh, <clears throat> do we have the mirror board link in the chat there for people? Let's see. Yeah, we got links dropping here. Mm, I don't uh, see the mirror board yet. Hardcore. Uh, here, you know what? I'll drop it. It's fine. I think he was saying uh, it was freezing up on him. <laughs> Another snowstorm? Uh, no, the mirror board was free freezing up on uh. him. <laughs> yeah i don't know what that was i thought it was a hurricane or something that went through his backyard but you know <laughs> how's your week been so far i guess we just saw you yesterday but yes. how's your weekend how's your weekend been so far i guess uh pretty productive i've been catching up on a lot of kind of uh planning and a couple dev housekeeping things to help a couple of our repos work more efficiently just has needs to be done so cracked that on that a bit today and uh ran over the stock and did a couple other things so pretty, oh nice pretty productive yeah i read the forge post yesterday that's pretty cool i'm pretty stoked for the forge actually yeah there's some hidden alpha i guess in that post <laughs> a little bit yeah all right so uh <clears throat> we got the mirror board open here uh, you know what I'll do is because this is something new, like this approach we're taking to the mirror board is slightly new. It's, you know, it's a little bit different. So uh, we have a legend here for people to, to reference to here. And so you'll see uh, there'll be different shapes on this board. So, uh, you know, uh, anything that's in a box square is something we're discussing like pretty much for the first time. Uh, but once we've discussed something at a meeting, if we discuss this at a subsequent meeting, there'll be a there'll be like a yellow triangle on it. And so just visually, it's a visual aid. So we know that we discussed it already at a previous meeting. And now, you know, like I think what we're trying to avoid here is I think what happens sometimes is we'll discuss something like four or five times, like through four or five different meetings before we come to an actionable item. And so this is just a reminder that we have done that, um, like, you know, that we have discussed this thing. And so we can kind of draw back on previous discussions. Just, uh, I'm looking at the infinity keys. I see the, the triangle there. Is that a different triangle? Infinity keys. You should look down here. This one, is this the same as, I feel like we need a more visually distinct, like, 
symbol. Oh yeah, they reuse. Yeah, I, yeah. There shouldn't be other triangle. Yeah, there shouldn't be a triangle there on infinity keys. To, I think so maybe you could put it like next to the name of the item. Yeah. So it's like stands out a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So no. We that's... got this Dow thing up here. Maybe we could drop a triangle, like next to this area. Maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. No. This is good advice. Uh, we should definitely try and keep the these specific shapes distinct. And so uh, a couple other shapes here. So basically, PC in motion is a you know it's a pixel craft related thing. So it's something actionable item on your guys's end, and it it's in motion. And so that's what that that arrow means. And then the same thing for the DAO. So if it's something on the DAO side of things, something we have to get done on our side, it'll be that lighter shade uh, of pink uh, to show that it's it's being worked on. And then of course, when something gets shipped, uh, we go you know. The stars, the stars are for things that have been shipped already, and uh, you know we can we can conclude those discussions. So uh, yeah, all the large box frames are usually new topics uh, or are new topics. And then uh, post discussion, uh, I know some people have been using the mirror boards for reference post discussion. So uh, we'll make sure that the the media, all the media is archived on the mirror board itself. So you'll see the audio is a green circle. The, the text is a yellow circle and the videos, a, a recordings are a red circle there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dr. Wangley, that's funny. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, exactly. The, the whole idea here is just to make it, these visual references for people. So it's just easy for you to know kind of the context of, uh, of whatever, of everything on the board. So there's a there's a thing here and so like like you said coder dan maybe this infinity keys like it shouldn't be a star because that would imply it's a feature that's been shipped and so maybe infinity keys like here what you're saying with the star could be uh could be a different shape maybe um so we'll keep that in mind yeah uh, as we're as we're you know iterating on this um and so just kind of from our uh discussion last weekend just a quick overview uh, we're doing mission and uh, we got the mission and vision, whatever mission and values thing, the board, we got it all together and we'll have a discussion today. I think I'd like to come down to maybe one or two options for the DAO and then maybe we can vote on what the DAO thinks is the most fitting uh, mission statement and then we can kind of finalize that and be done with that. Uh, but it is part of a discussion of how we're going to move forward as a DAO. Uh, we kind of had a, a little bit of a discussion around it. Um, and then the ETH Denver plan that we discussed last weekend, we actually have put together a comprehensive plan and a budget. So I just wanted to go over that and address some of the concerns that were uh, put out there last weekend. And then uh, triangles, uh, we talked about VRF roles last week. And so the, uh, the proposal is out for it now. And so we can give you an update on that. And uh, also wanted to check in, we've, we're talking about the you know continuing research on DAI and the curve. Uh, if if anybody in the audience here has been kind of doing some research or is uh, technically inclined or is even, you know, part of like the make or die community, uh, I would like to, you know, maybe not today, but maybe next weekend would like to share uh, some research or just kind of their insights on, on die and, the, and, you know, in relation to the curve. Uh, you know, we're open. We're open to having people up there uh, talking about that sort of thing. 
maybe we should start a Discord thread. I know I know Moon started one, but that was more in regards to I think the emergency plan. We might want to start one that's just uh, ongoing discussion around uh, uh, this sort of thing. All right, so that takes care of kind of our uh, ongoing things. Um, moving over to old, well, old business, yeah, our proposals. I'll quickly run through the proposals here and uh, give you guys an update of where we are with all this stuff. So Agate 55, last week, uh, I think it got finalized. Uh, the results are in. The top nine uh, directors are Mori, No Futuristic, Mike Callum, Notorious BTC, Choina, Kakusho, Maxi Crouton, Brills, Cryptogachi, and Sir Linkiest. Those are your top nine uh, directors. And so, uh, I, yeah. The, <coughs> the Dow Foundation uh, details, I believe, are in... I did put them in the last blog post, but they are also on last week's mirror board as well, I believe. So um, if you need details on kind of what these positions are, what they're getting paid and all that, that is, uh, I think that was linked to the last mirror board there. And then I actually it might be in the post. It's in the, it's in the blog, in the, sorry, the snapshot post as well. Uh, I get 55, update the template to uh, request the use of weighted voting. And so uh, weighted voting, um, yeah, people in favor of weighted voting, 17 million quorum, 96% in favor of. And so this basically allows you to split your vote uh, when you're, uh, you know, if you're undecided, if you want to vote 100% on one thing or the other, you can split your vote between a uh, few options. Uh, Agate 56, fun Alchemica spending competition. That one's passed with 18 million uh, over nine for quorum. And 86% uh, in favor of funding the competition. I believe that kicks off on the 16th. So tomorrow is the first day of the competition, I believe. And uh, again, we outlined the details in the last mirror board last week's. And uh, I believe there's some more details in that snapshot proposal as well. Uh, I get 54. Uh, I might be going backwards here, but that's okay. Uh, I get 54 creating the arcade task force, the ATF. Uh, this is for them to take, uh, I believe, possession of the 100K uh, ghost that's been allotted. And uh, they have a fixed drawdown uh, limit for uh, basically incentive incentivizing uh, competitions and uh, stress tests for games that they're releasing. So it's, a, it's an event hosting uh, pool. And so hopefully that uh, incentivizes kind of, uh, kind of gets people back into the arcade and testing out these games, I think would be really interesting. And so uh, 17 million in favor of uh, passed with 98% in favor of. Uh, establish the core framework uh, guideline where we'll release uh, the Forge proposal. And so the core framework release, Mikey J went over it last week and is uh, uh, broke down the details there with the, uh, the mission schedule. And so 14 million over 9 million quorum, 98% in favor of the core framework guidelines. 
Uh, one active proposal here right now is the launch round two parcel role. And we discussed this uh, last week. Uh, basically, the discussion was uh, that, um, you know, earlier, earlier uh, kind of builders of these uh, like, uh, farming implements uh, are now dry. I think a certain percentage of them are now are now dry. And uh, the request here is to get a reroll. Um, I think you said the great battle we're projecting for Q2 this year. Is that right? Or do you uh, think it are, might be later? To, you know? it, uh, it's definitely, we are, we are working towards it. And I don't have like a exact date or even month at this point yet. Um, but I do want to say if I, I, like I posted in the uh, forum the other day, I do support the decoupling at this point because it just it, it's uh, obviously from the lore perspective it'd be great if they could go together, but there's also plenty of ways for us to have lore like that takes into account exactly whatever whatever happened uh, in reality. So I, I think decoupling the tokenomics from the dev uh, kind of roadmap is is probably for the best. It, I would even so go as far as to suggest maybe what it, maybe actually having uh, like a quarterly reroll where things are a little bit more uh, plant like plantable for those who are building out their farms. So also something to think about. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I think the the decision here, I guess, in the conversation, the decision was kind of based around what is the timing of the great battle, and so that kind of makes sense. You know, we just want to we we want to deliver uh, a super awesome experience, and make sure that the first great battle that does happen is absolute fire, and it's going to attract a lot of new people. So uh, we do have many many kind of uh, projects at the moment that we're experimenting with and, and working on and um, the the great battle is it's such a big thing that having like a some tokenomics pressure to say you know we got to have this out by by april uh puts a lot of pressure on our game design and, and dev team to just you know make make something that's going to convert yeah. so such a it's such a huge part of our lore we want to make sure we get it right yeah, no doubt. Do you think you could see, we could see like uh, you know this isn't directly related to this VRF role, but do you think we'll see maybe some tests? Like we'll get to do some like I don't know, like might interact with liquidators in some way uh, in the arena. Definitely. I guess yeah. Definitely. Okay. Yeah, we're there's definitely a lot of stuff planned around the lore. Yeah, um, and we, we can, this can be more of a hangout call for sure. Yeah, yeah, I think we can go off the rails with that one pretty easily. Um, Okay, cool. Uh, let's move on here. Uh, I think this is just a side point here, but we can we can talk about this real quick. The GBM uh, is being botted. I guess many people have been uh, putting like raising concerns around the GBM uh, botting. Is there some sort of a plan? Is there some way to mitigate this? Uh, or have you guys on the dev side of things? Have you thought of maybe uh, ways that can be mitigated or do you see it being an issue? I guess want to just get your take on it and see what people are thinking here in the chat. Uh, has the GBM been a huge issue for you guys? You know, share your experiences. 
I guess there's a current workflow and a proposed workflow, so I can go through that. Um, so current workflow is uh, create auction transaction, which is success successfully mined, and then a period of two minutes uh, passes for the first bid transaction to ex execute correctly. And then during this interval, uh, bot pre-assigns a signature and then waits for uh, the broadcast transaction exactly one second uh, before the period ends. Um, so it's kind of timing with the Matic and Polygon um, interval. Uh, bot the bot broadcasts the transaction at exactly one second before or 0 0.5 seconds before and, and you know and uh, at a huge amount of gas and then the bot wins the first bid okay so that's the that's the current workflow there um, and then the proposed workflow uh, create auction transaction successfully mined a period of soft GBM starts of so 20 minutes during which any human user can bid without a GBM reward being sent on each new bid. Uh, if bid is done with, during the 20 minutes, the hammer, uh, hammer time uh, resets to hammer time resets to 20 minutes. If a new bid does not come in in the 20 minutes, we need a period of soft GBM. A new user bids, and the previous highest bidder gets a 10% GBM reward. Bots cannot win. So this is like a buffer zone, like a 20-minute um, buffer zone kind of thing. It's, it's almost like a reverse hammer time where the, at the beginning, you're essentially competing, I guess, to see who. It's, it's almost like a game of chicken because you're, you're basically all saying, we want to get as close to the floor price as possible without going over it because we all want to be over, like outbid. But you yeah. also don't know when the you you don't know who the last bid's gonna be because there's the hammer time keeps extending every time someone places a new bid. So it's not like a twenty minute fixed period. Hmm. Okay. I see. And you say you mentioned here in the chat you have a call with GBM on Monday or Tuesday to discuss some solutions around this. Yeah. Yeah. They they've been following awesome. the chat very closely and doing their own thinking. Very cool. We'll, we'll have that call with them tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Grim, Grim R says, can we identify flag, still let them bid, but icon to show possible bot was the bidder? I guess just to collect some, some data points. I don't know. Yeah. yeah it's just, it's, it's a game of like endless whack-a-mole with botters. Like this. Mm -hmm. the, literally the blockchain is, is really designed to enable botting. So any sort of on-chain activity if there's an economic benefit to doing it, they're going to do it. Yeah. I see Dr. Wagme put something in the chat there uh, regarding the Ford GBM plan. Um, do you want to quickly touch on that? If you want. Sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, I met with Jesse last week to talk about uh, kind of how to do money and splits for this. Uh, you know, basically when we sell things through GBM, uh, there is profit earned. So someone's got to pay taxes and in uh, Singapore that number is 18 percent so we need to make sure to uh, protect pixel craft to make sure that's covered uh, and so that's why it's a 80-20 split uh, there's no alloy up for auction this round there are the cores uh, so this tries to maximize as much into rarity farming and to make that sustainable as possible and then as far as the schematics go we were going to go just kind of in line with prior sales 
uh, and you know, two of the designs were done by uh, Zbot, and then the other three uh, were done uh, by the Forge team and by Oliver Spoon. So that's why the 5545, I think one of the cons to the setup is uh, there's none going back to just like the general DAO where we are <clears throat> ensuring like sustainability of DAO projects. Uh, but you know, one of the core goals of <clears throat> this project was to make sure rarity farming was, was sustainable. So this is my plan was to do this and uh, these numbers would be included in uh, the core prop, which I think we're getting close to uh, being able to write and push forward. And then I'll need to work with Pixelcraft on uh, timing for when we're going to do the GPM and the raffle. I think ideally we do those before uh, we have the first rarity farming snapshot. And time is kind of ticking away a little bit, so we'll have to see uh, where we're at from the smart contract side, uh, how the Pixelcraft team feels about that. Once we feel good, uh, we can work on uh, a GBM and raffle plan. Okay. I guess uh, just real quick on the on the contract side, we're going to want those amounts to be automatically transferred. So that might be a little bit extra smart contract work. I don't know if you guys have thought about that yet, but uh, like, how does the eighty percent get transferred and the twenty percent? So we might have to chat chat about that a bit. Okay. Uh, yeah, let, we can meet offline on it. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I know some people in the chat saying, uh, "Where, uh, where's the like, where's the contribution to the DAO?" But I, I'm assuming that's like the eighty percent of the rarity farming wallet, right? It's kind of like the the DAO um, allocation. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of reasonable approaches. You know, cores especially are. Uh, you know, like that is what is diluting asset holders uh, when we in, you know, put uh, cores and uh, alloy out. Uh, like that's how these are specifically designed. So I want to like be really mindful of that, of the goals of this project, and to you know protect our stakeholders. The schematics are a little bit different, right? Because we are purposely uh, those are meant to be inflated. It's meant to like get creativity input from the entire community from Pixelcraft. Uh, so I think it could make sense to have a more uh, DAO-centric uh, plan uh, for the schematics and I'm definitely open to feedback on it. We just got to figure things out sooner rather than later. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, okay, so I guess we can... Um... If if we're good with that, uh, maybe we can move on to the uh, the next thing here, which is the the DAO Foundation. I know Dakota Dan, you you dropped the docs in in the chat here earlier. I'll drop them again. Yes. Uh, are you okay if we talk about this now? Yeah, let's do it. This now. Okay. You might want to like open it on your stream. I guess you probably already have it open. I do. Yeah, yeah, I have it up. So it's a pretty long doc. Obviously, these are. Uh, it's Constitution, 15 pages. Uh, Ross has kind of made our work a little bit easier for us by uh, basically commenting on the relevant parts. Uh, we will also like do our do due diligence on the uncommented parts, but maybe we could focus on the commented parts. Um, I mean, we'll probably everyone can kind of skim it, skim it together if you haven't already. 
Yeah, I see. Um, uh, I see the highlighted parts by Ross, so uh, I can kind of uh, jump to that part and cue it up, and then we can discuss it. I guess is maybe the easiest way to to, to get yeah, through so it here. I guess the first uh, the first clause here. The name of the foundation company is the Avogachi Foundation. The foundation company. Um, do is there any discussion on that? That's probably uh, could be. I guess we could call it Avogachi or Avogachi Dow Foundation. Kind of either one works for us. Uh, I haven't heard any pushback specifically on on the name there. I think I've been hearing Avogachi Dow Foundation, but. Uh... If anybody has uh, alternatives in the chat, uh, drop them. I, I've just heard Avagachi Dao Foundation, and I haven't heard too much pushback on on uh, the name specifically. Yeah, well, we could call it the Cayman Saddle Chair Company. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Does anybody, so, in the, yeah, I guess, yeah. yeah, if anybody has anything in the chat, they can drop it. And yeah, feel free. There's 12, uh, six, 16 people chatting in the in the doc. So uh, we do allow suggestions. Um, so don't actually change anything. Just it's better if we just keep it. So we have uh, comments, and uh, I think I, I think in Google Docs you can't have it. So you can only comment. Every comment is like an you can make it theoretically an edit. So it's really dumb. But uh, yeah. Just keep the, don't actually change anything in the doc, just keep it in the sidebar there. So if you want to chat about the Avogachi Dow Foundation versus Avogachi Foundation, uh, just add it to the sidebar here. Okay. Um, yeah, I see. So uh, you have uh, point number one there, and then it jumps to point number five where Ross is. Uh, uh, highlighted the section uh, the objects for which the foundation company is established are and it gives you an a b and c uh, do we want to talk about these things a little bit so this is i kind of feel like this relates back to the purpose of avagachi dao that so this might be an area where we would fill this in with mm -hmm. the, some of the avagachi dao stuff yeah absolutely um I can actually, I'll pull up that board as well, because that is a discussion we'll have today. Uh, but uh, just okay. to, yeah, that is a discussion we want to have today. Uh, and so we can touch on this a little bit, and we can loop it back into the to the main mission and vision when we get to that one, because uh, we have a whole separate board for that uh, that we'll go through. Yeah, we'll, just, uh, we'll do a quick pass through this. Uh, this is not intended to be due diligence. It's really just kind of a collective brainstorm we'll go through it a little bit fast and i see people saying we should have uh lawyers obviously yeah if, if uh bearded i know is a lawyer or if we have any other lawyers in the chat the dow could definitely uh commission them to to have a look at it although we all we also have ross um on retainer and he's a lawyer so probably anything we want to add we can just send over to him and he can turn it into lawyer gobbledygook uh, this one's kind of interesting. The foundation company must not at all times and under any circumstances dis distribute any tokens to the members of the foundation company. So the members are going to be, I believe that's referring to the, the nine directors. 
And so basically, is this implying that the nine directors can't pay each other for th anything? Yeah, this is uh, interesting. Uh, this is also my, my kind of first full walkthrough of this. So kind of yeah. with you guys. The members are not directors, Mikey J is saying. I think there's probably a definition where we talk about there's some nuances. Are. Let's see. This is, I, yeah, this is it's kind of weird. There's like the preamble. And then down here, we get into the members. So we'll come back to this. And I'm just skimming through here the, the foundation company may not carry on a business for which a license is required under the acts of Cayman Islands unless duly licensed. Yeah, that's pretty standard. Like a foundation can't develop software. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this is just saying the foundation is basically a natural person, but it, but it can't actually do any business. That's what foundations are. It's like, imagine like a, it's like a multi-sig. It can't, it's like a multi-sig without an agent. It can't really do stuff. All it can do is sign contracts with other companies. Mm, okay. And then this one is uh, tagged by Ross here, number nine. Uh, no portion of the income or property of the foundation company from whatever place or source shall be paid or transferred directly or indirectly by way of a dividend, bonus, or otherwise. Uh, by way of distribution of profit to the members, directors, or supervisors of the foundation company. And then uh, as such, apart from authorized uh, remuneration of, for services to the foundation company. And so Ross, Ross puts a note here, we established that, that we established that the foundation is not generating profits. This helps clarify that Ghost is not an investment. Yeah, imagine like a charity foundation. The, the charity foundation is a nonprofit. It's not set out to make profits. Yeah. Uh, of course, we've discussed this one, number 10. The liability of the members is limited. And the foundation company may cease to have members. This one I didn't know. The foundation company may cease to have members. But that's not referring to directors. So maybe that's maybe that's different. Yeah, we'll the get members into the are the between those in just a moment. Yeah, Mikey J actually in the chat tries to say uh, uh, he th he thinks that maybe the members actually are the signers. Um, just based on that clause, uh, number six there, the subscribers to the memorandum of association are the first members of the foundation company. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll get back to that in just a moment as we get to that section. Mm -hmm. Each person is member and it takes Okay, this is a bit bit hard to parse here, but probably just saying something about contributing assets to the foundation. Yeah, the next point that Ross makes is a little bit of a ways down. Uh, I think it's the next article there. 
the Companies Act, uh, Articles of Association of Avagachi Foundation uh, Interpretation. Yeah, it is quite a long document. We could just touch on some of these highlighted points here and then uh, maybe we create like a forum post and just have this document there for like further uh, discussion. Let people kind of, you know, work their way through this. Um, but maybe we go through just Ross's notes here. Yeah, sure. If that's all right. Um, so yeah, just in this, uh, just in this uh, article of association uh, of the Avagachi Dao Foundation, the interpretation here. Uh, council means the ghost token holders with actions to be taken by the ghost token holders evidenced by the affirmative vote of the ghost token holders by received a message signed by the Ethereum public keys. So that's the collective, the group. Uh, ghost token is defining what ghost token is. So, you know, the Ethereum-based cryptographic token, uh, there's the public key address. Ghost token holders are, the, of course, the holders of the ghost token from time to time is evidenced by the Ethereum blockchain. So this just establishes DAO governance of the foundation. That's right. Yeah, the, the governance is the ghost token holders. Now, this is, uh, this is interesting because we're not actually mentioning uh, any voting power derived from the NFT assets. That would be, I don't know. <laughs> The, ca the calculation of voting power, if there was one related to, like we're, we're basically just using one ERC token as, as the uh, basis for voting power. So not really including um, the, the NFTs. Yeah, so do you think 1155 should be uh, part of this maybe? As like a, um, you know, because they do have like the land parcels and our assets do have like some kind of governance power there, technically. We'll have to ask yeah. Ross about that. Yeah, possibly. Okay, let's jump over to the next point here. Uh, this is the members section, and I'm looking at point number eight. Uh, the council by notice to the foundation company may restrict or prohibit the subsequent admission of members. So basically, DAO, uh, Ross here sums it up here. DAO can freeze membership of this foundation. Mm -hmm. And so that so means... That would basically uh, be a, a snapshot or an on-chain vote would be sufficient for that. Okay. Uh, jumping down to number nine here, a uh, person's membership of the foundation company terminates. And then it gives us some criteria here. Uh, specifically, criteria B has been uh, uh, marked here. If the person resigns as a member by notice to the foundation company, the resignation shall be effective immediately unless the notice states otherwise. We've discussed this one actually. This was part of the this was part of the initial proposal uh, that any I believe any DAO member can resign at any time, or foundation member can resign at uh, any time. Yeah. Uh, we will likely do res resign uh, resignation of local representative assisting with registration information transactions. That's the Campbell. So, so the Campbell will become the initial member, and then after the foundation is set up, they would resign immediately. Oh, okay, okay. <clears throat> uh, jumping to number 10 here, it is not a condition of this article that the foundation company continues to have one or more members. 
so basically there, that just says we don't need to have members of this foundation. That's uh, Now we're jumping over down, we're jumping down to the director section, point number 15. The first directors may be appointed by the subscribers to the memorandum. Uh, so we'll clarify the initial nine directors and accompanying resolution. So that's, I think, after his resignation, those would be the nine um, that get put in place. And then number 15, the council has the power exercisable by notice to the foundation company to appoint or remove one or more of the directors of the foundation company. So the DAO can add and remove directors. Uh, we go number 18 here. Uh, the directors may delegate any of their powers to committees uh, consisting of such member or members of their body as they think fit. Uh, what's the summary here? Uh, we can have a plural plurality of committees that work with the foundation. It makes sense to have some code component to such delegation if involving funds. That would be probably like a multi-sig or an, some form of agent mm -hmm. where the the nine signers would basically delegate on chain some form of maybe like a vesting payment or streaming or some form of payment uh, for work delegated to uh, subcommittees. Yeah. And then uh, number 19, uh, directors from time to time and at any time by power of attorney appoint any company, firm, or person, body of persons, whether nominated directly or indirectly by the directors to be the attorney or authorized sanitary uh, of the company for such purposes. Which I'm just, I'm just going to read through this here. It's a lot of... Uh, a lot of work. It's wordy. This can help directors really offload wordy. paperwork and make commitment <laughs> more <real> key. <laughs> yeah, that that's way better. I'll, it's. I'll I think that. this is probably just saying you you can delegate by power of attorney. So like maybe signing stuff. Uh, we we could delegate to like a Cayman Islands uh, signatory instead of you having to sign it. So there's a lot of a lot of paperwork involved in setting these things up, and we we obviously don't want to throw a bunch of busy work at our nine signers. So probably oh, a lot of that will be, it'll kind of be uh, like signed by a power of attorney from a Cayman Island, like the Cayman director, uh, local secretary. Okay. Let's jump down here to number 22. Uh, again, this one looks like a wordy block here, but I'll try and uh, just give, get the gist of it. Uh, directors from time to time, uh, may delegate to uh, such committee, local board, manager, agent, uh, the council, any of the powers, authority, authorities, and discretions for the time being vested in the directors and authorize the members for the time being of any such local board um, or any of them to fill any vacancy, vacancies. Um, and then it just addresses... Uh, I guess this is the nature of vacancies. What does Ross say? Directors can get power back to the DAO. This also allows us to set transaction guards and modules in multi-sig to allow governance and supervise, override, and co-manage multi-sig funds. So a little bit of background. Ross is like building out an entire suite of foundation management tooling on chain. I haven't played with it yet, but it's it sounds pretty pretty powerful. 
So that's why he's kind of interested in the tech side and more of the, the on-chain management side of all this. Yeah. We have a question from No Future here. Uh, what is the realistic time frame to have our legal entities in place? You mean your personal ones? Yeah, like each personal, like each director's entity. Uh, I mean, it depends where you incorporate, but typically a couple weeks. Yeah. Is this something? Yeah, I guess would it be? I guess it would be in someone's best interest to have it set up before they sign, like they have to sign their first transaction, right? Probably be ideal. Yeah. Uh, Thrax is saying it's a pretty quick uh, process. Okay. Yeah. Some other people. Some comments. All right. Let's move on here. Doctor Wagme's already at line fifty-four. So let's. Uh, Let's uh let's hit, let's jump down to uh supervisor section number thirty. A uh, person ceases to be a supervisor supervisor uh, and then has a clause there. This this is just addressing uh, again the DAO can replace local representatives. That's that's what it's saying. And references to I think a previous uh, clause. Uh, definition of a supervisor. Supervisor is a local secretarial role to confirm that directors are complying with the Cayman law. Do we have a supervisor in this in this case? That will be, I'm sure it'll be appointed by like Campbell. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe someone within Campbell or someone like a local local this is how you this always is done this way with like BVI or Cayman. There's like always a local representative. So that's probably similar to the supervisor. Sounds like they can't really, they have no supervisory duties or whatever in respect to ask uh, of the foundation company. So okay. it sounds like they can't really do anything. Let's see. Uh, line For line 54, you got something there. Uh, let's read line 54. Except as uh, this is uh, pertaining to the director's meetings. Except as otherwise provided by these articles, the directors shall meet together for the dispatch of business, convening, adjourning, and otherwise regulating their meetings as they think fit. Questions arising at any meeting shall be decided by majority of votes of the directors present. Uh, each director shall have one vote. In case of an equality of, equality of votes, the chairman of the meeting shall have a second casting vote. So uh, Dr. Wagney is asking, what would the directors be voting on? Uh, the goal is for them to execute on the will of the DAO. So it's kind of a, uh, maybe almost a little bit of a contradictory point maybe to what we've discussed or, so you know, do you have here, any background on that? Um, voting, I think they would, like the, the DAO, uh, the, these directors are going to be on a multi-sig. So uh, my understanding would be that the voting is actually casting the vote on the multi-sig. I don't think they will actually have to, they're not going to have like in-person votes, obviously. They're not really going to, you know, like they don't have to all jump on a Zoom call and and have present and be present at quorum to, to make a vote. It's really just, uh, hey guys, are we, the DAO has voted to provide liquidity. Uh, are we going to do that? We pretty, like we have to. So unless someone resigns uh, within a period of time, we should reach quorum and, execute that transaction transaction on chain 
that would be what a vote is. Okay. Kind of like a um, consensus. We're all in agreement that we're going to be doing this. Um, point number 56. I'm not going to read the whole thing. He's highlighted this last bit here. Initially, such quorum shall be five directors among nine, unless otherwise indicated by the council. We already uh, mentioned this in the post. Yeah. So a quorum of five of nine has to be there uh, to match the parameters. Multi-sig. Uh, number 58 there. For the avoidance of doubt, such resolution may be signed and executed cryptographically by means of the foundation multi-sig. So uh, Ross says here, we want to clarify. We want to clarify that foundation and directors can act through the multisig. Right. So that's yeah. The, the the voting is just happening throughout through the multisig. I see you highlighted something up there. Do you want to touch on that? Uh, the minutes of I'm, all meetings. I'm just going to ask him. These are yeah. basically notes that I'll ask him. I'm just curious okay. what what they mean by a meeting and yeah. minutes. Mm -hmm. Maybe right. do we need to post minutes on chain and then have the the chairman <laughs> find it find it cryptographically oh, on chain with MetaMask? Point number sixty here: a director who is in any way, whether directly or indirectly, interested in a contact or proposed con con contract or proposed contract with the foundation company shall declare the nature of his interest at a meeting of the directors. So conflicts of interest need to be disclosed. Uh, what would, I mean, what would be a conflict of interest in this case? Because these DAO directors are, you know, there's, I, yeah, I don't really know how there could be a conflict of interest. Maybe if you're like a Pixelcraft member and you're also a foundation director, I don't know. But it seems like... Well, yeah, uh, maybe if you're say a part of like if we had an opposing like a competitor maybe so like if you're Ave DAO and you're a signer in both Ave DAO and Maker DAO or or Compound I would say that would be a com like a conflict of interest mm, okay all right And then we need this, I guess, uh, go through registers section, accounts. If there's anything that stands out to people in the chat who are actually reading through each one of the points, you can just uh, definitely uh, just uh, drop it down in the chat there and, and we'll I'll address it. Uh, point number 65, the books of uh, accounts shall be open at any time in ordinary business hours to inspection by a supervisor and any other person to whom a right of access has been granted pursuant to these articles. This would be just like the on-chain on activity, right? Uh, practically right. a lot of DAO finance will be open and audible, auditable on Polygon. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much the multi-sig. You'll just go over to the, the Gnosis Safe site and you'll be able to see all the transactions that have been executed. Is uh is the foundation going to be using some sort of a payments platform or just uh, straight up just a Gnosis safe? Are they going to be using like Parcel or anything on top of Gnosis? Um, I don't know. I think Gnosis is pretty powerful. Uh, uh, 
probably it's the the best solution out there for for this uh, in terms of like just longevity. I wouldn't want to have a like a the the majority of the DAO's funds will probably be in the Gnosis safe. But if we want to have things like Parcel that are kind of more of like a startup that is useful for a specific purpose, some some funds could like potentially move be moved there. But I would say just Gnosis has been around the longest, has the few fewest like smart contract issues, and so it'd be. Uh, I think it'd be preferable to have the funds over there rather than like some other new newer platform. Yeah, for sure. I was no, I mean, I was just referring to the fact that like Parcel is actually built on top of Gnosis. It uses the Gnosis safe, oh, okay. uh, but it's just like a UI. It's like a UI layer on top of Gnosis, and so it was really good this last year for accounting purposes. I was able to pull all the transactions and everything just in a nice, clean like uh, CSV yep. uh, file. It was really nice. To, be able to do that so um just just a thought that maybe there's a management like a safe management um ui that could be considered but uh, maybe gnosis might be good enough just for now uh okay winding up uh the foundation company shall be wound up if the council delivers notice to the foundation company at its registered office declaring that it has to be wound up so DAO can nope out of having a foundation. Oh, we got the liquidators. The person designated in the director's notice or director's resolution shall be the liquidator. Oh, there's some lore tied in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we change it to the... Yeah, we need to change the spelling on that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, maybe the DAO Foundation becomes part of the lore. <laughs> the liquidators are among us. Um, 70, uh, surplus assets should be distributed to one or more charitable objects. And, you know, this is in, in case of wind-up, the surplus assets will be distributable, distributable uh, as the council directs by notice of the foundation company. So... For clarity, in no event may surplus assets of the foundation company be distributed to any members or directors in case of wind-up. And so if the DAO nopes out, any funds in the foundation go to charity. Oh, I I am, I'm curious. Could funds be transferred to another foundation? Because that seems like... I, I'm wondering how they're using the word charity here. Because say we needed to wind down the Cayman Foundation, but opened up a, a BVI or whatever foundation on Mars. We'd want to be able to transfer the DAO's assets to another foundation, I think. It seems like that's a step that would be taken, but like, yeah, exactly, before the wind-up, because anything left Probably. in there would be, yeah, would be just given away. Uh, yeah, he, he follows up here. If the DAO nopes out any funds and foundation go to charity, and then do we want to include more language to clarify putting funds back into favored nonprofit purposes. So maybe that, that kind of, a, yeah. does that address a little bit? Maybe we might need to discuss that for sure. I think so. Cause we would have to have, uh, let's, yeah, I think there should be some language about transferring to another foundation. Yeah. Uh, point number 71 here, members, directors, and supervisors as such have no power or authority to wind up the foundation company. Uh, so only the DAO can nope out and dissolve. 
foundation members or directors cannot do that or the supervisors actually um indemnity uh to the fullest extent permitted by law the council the directors supervisors secretary and offices of the foundation company shall not be liable for and shall be indemnified out of the assets of the foundation company from and all against all actions proceedings costs charges losses damage and expenses which they or any of them would otherwise be liable for or shall be <laughs> so wordy or may incur or sustain by reason of any act done or omitted in or about the execution of their duties in their respective offices except such as they shall incur or sustain by or through their own willful neglect or default so what he's saying here is we want to limit the ordinary liability of being a director and officer. If they do something really weird, then the Dow won't bail them out. So it's a protection protection clause there. Yeah, I agree, Thrax. We need GPT-3 to translate this into English. Absolutely. <laughs> Give it a try here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, la yeah, legalize. Didn't help. I said translate this into English. It's literally just repeating back. <laughs> <laughs> no, no help. Uh, cool. Any? Let's see. A couple more uh, we'll, articles. One, yeah, one more. One more point here at the end. Alteration of articles subject to provisions of the memorandum and articles of association, restricting alterations in a previous clause or in this clause seventy nine. These articles may be altered by the council by notice to the foundation company, provided that these articles may not at any time be amended to remove the council or any rights or powers conferred in the on the council. So cements the role of Dow governance here. And in other words, the directors can't do any paperwork to give them more power over the foundation than the Dow. Makes sense. So Dr. Wagme had a question just above there um, that the, let's see, what was it? How do we, basically, how do we remove someone? I think that is, uh, from what I have read, doesn't seem like the directors would be able to remove themselves. They would need to be done by the council. If we needed to like change someone out, if the Dow wanted to change someone out, the Dow can definitely do that. But I don't think the there is the uh, the aspect of on a like a gnosis safe, the nine signers technically can sign a transaction to change someone out. Yeah. So are they allowed to propose a transaction to change someone out or do we need to like, I'm just trying to think about how we operationalize this. It should be like really clear if we need to remove yeah. someone, like how it happens and probably needs to be in our SOP. So we'll, we'll need to do yeah. some work on that because so, from this document, it looks like they're not allowed to make changes. So if they're on the multi-sig, who's making the multi-sig transaction to remove a member and add one. Yeah, I'm going to ask him. So if, if the 
the clause is under directors number 15. The council has the power to appoint or remove one or more directors of the foundation company. Um, but yeah, it doesn't doesn't say the directors can vote to change someone out. I think that's honestly a power. I don't think we would really want that, right? If the directors, five of the directors ganged up and basically just changed out. I mean, obviously everyone's KYC. You're not going to do that, but it doesn't seem to be necessary. We Couldn't we just have a DAO vote to change out the directors? I don't think this is something we'll probably do very frequently. I don't think yeah, this will be very frequent. Uh, I've asked him in, in the chat there. Uh, has any, does anyone have any questions? They don't, just lingering questions they don't think uh, we've gone over or they might be in the doc, but maybe we, we skipped over something. Just curious if, if, if there, this, is, this session is mainly just for everyone is uh, lightly familiar with the doc and basically to air out any questions that uh, our collective brains may, may be thinking of. I don't have any specific questions at this point, but I'm going to go back through this document myself and try and, um, you know, understand some of these clauses a little bit better. And if I have any questions, uh, maybe we can, uh, is, is there a forum post out there already? Uh, like with this, probably not. Um, but maybe we can, maybe we can just kick off like a forum post with this. And if anybody has questions, they can. Um, sure. So what them. I would like is if we could have this basically, all of our, we'll have our uh, conversations with Ross this week. I think he should be available. And ideally, we have this, uh, all the changes or clauses we need to add uh, have been added by, by next week. Uh, obviously, if we do want to have someone from the Dow legal review it, uh, that could take longer. Um, but yeah, see, we'll see if... Uh, how free bearded is. If he's free, he can obviously, as a lawyer, he can have a look. If we know any other uh, in-house in kind of lawyers on the, on our side, it'd be great. But I, I think we're pretty covered. So, so we, don't, we, don't, we don't have any major worries about this document. It's really just, do we want to add anything specific to Avogachi? Like many other foundations have used a doc very, very similar to this. Nothing really, this is, yeah. 2017. So really just everyone can read through it and see if there's anything we, we specifically want to add related to, for example, the tokens that we mentioned uh, as being as the council is uh, currently, we, we don't mention any of the NFTs. So that could be one area. And just add, asking for clarifications from Roz on things. I think most of the points we've, we've covered are probably just they're just questions they won't change anything in the doc yeah absolutely oh i see a message from the uh, gachi farmy here uh okay it's, uh, so this is not related to the foundation are we done with the foundation uh discussion for for today can we move on yeah, I think uh, so. okay excellent uh i see something from the gachi farmy here for those who missed yesterday's Avagachi Sandbox Proof of Concept experience, 
or had their stream laggy or cut, uh, here's the official video. Lots of details hidden in there. The replay is the key. Please also fill out the type form giving us your feedback and thoughts. So uh, yeah, definitely uh, give them your feedback. They're going to continue working on this and they're putting together a larger proposal for the DAO as well. So that'll be good. I think everybody was pleasantly uh, surprised uh, how that went. All right, so I think our last discussion there was a great segue into the DAO values and kind of just the, our, what are we trying to achieve as a DAO? And so um, we put together a few slides here. Uh, we'll go through kind of what the DAO uh, values. And this was you guys that filled this out. This wasn't us that filled this out. This was uh, a lot of this was pulled from the surveying we did uh, a few months ago. We put out like two or three surveys and kind of get some really quality feedback from Avagachi DAO. And so we can actually put this together um, and, and present it. So we got the DAO values. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about some example mission statements people put up, uh, what, what people think the DAO controls, and, uh, and maybe we can look at what does a successful Avagachi DAO look like. And then at the end of this, maybe we can brainstorm a few really quality uh, mission statements that represent Avagachi DAO really well and define where we want to, you know, the direction we want to go as a DAO. So uh, I'm kind of, I've been looking forward to this discussion for, uh, for quite some time and I'm glad we can have that today. So. Yeah, same. Uh, hardcore is just how, if you click on the frame, it does a slideshow for you. I don't know that. Yeah. I'll, uh, <clears throat> Hang on one sec. I want to see what Hardcore is talking about here. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's it's good for the streams. If you guys are doing that on the stream, you you know, feel free to do that. I'll drop the mirror board link here in the chat. Anybody not uh, anybody not following along? This is a different mirror board that we've been working on. So, um, just uh, head over to the DAO Mission Vision. Uh, Give me one second. I'm just going to grab some water. My mouth is like super dry yeah. right now. Go for it. Oh, man. I forget how much water you drink up here sometimes. Got to right. that night. I got a big mug. Got about three or four of them each day. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's get Mikey J up here because uh, I know you guys, Doctor Wagme and Mikey J, have put in significant feedback here as well. So let's get you, Doctor Wagme and Mikey J, up here. GM, GM. And so uh, I think the best way we can work through this is because you guys have quite a bit of background on this as well. You know, you've been working a lot. We've been working alongside uh, as we've been putting this together. So I'll try and kind of work my way through these slides, but please feel free. Like if you want to interject at any moment and add something in, uh, you know, uh, feel free to interrupt me there and uh, we can discuss. And so uh, is there anything you wanted to kick off, start off with before we get into the, the slides here? Um, or should we just get into it? I guess we'll just get into it. 
Uh, all right, so DAO values. Um, these are some of the things, some of the items that were put on the survey. And so these are some of the things that DAO finds uh, that we value. So we think that uh, maintaining a secure, uh, maintain secure and improving the Avagaji protocol. Um, being the method and uh, vehicle for like voters, Gachi gang, to realize their ideas of like what the Gachiverse can be. And so, the, you know, this this point here is a to be kind of like Avagachi DAO being the consensus and actualization entity. Um, so, facilitating open dis, uh, expansion of the Gachiverse and allowing friendly co-op and collab with other projects. Um, be the Gachi Gang's method of building new things on top of the PC supplied Gachiverse. And so this person saying, yes, the DAO should be the people's agency to foster uh, foster and fund the Gachi Gang's brilliant ideas. We've discussed this one before, how the, the DAO up until this point has been a great uh, percolator for ideas, really great ideas being uh, brought to the top and identified. I think usually when we identify great ideas, it happens through, first of all, um, the community so you have like these large guilds you have gmi um they have like their own twitter presence but then we also have these hangouts we have these DAO meetings where ideas can come to the surface i think the DAO meetings specifically have been really great for this uh the hangouts more so for brainstorming but i think up until now that's how the DAO is kind of operated is very grassroots and you know anybody coming in and contributing with their own ideas and so this person is kind of uh echoing that that concept there. Uh, DAO must also be responsible for its own survival. So being financially, financially responsible is key. And actually, this is something I think we've done quite well up until now as a DAO is we, you know, if you look at the other DAOs out there, uh, or just other Web3 organizations in general, it, they're not you know, they're not particularly fiscally responsible, a lot of them. Um, and so I'm glad, you know, during the bull market, we didn't uh, do any like DGEN plays with our treasury. Uh, you know, we weren't investing in other risky tokens. And uh, our tokenomics of the ghost token itself are quite good in this kind of environment. Uh, and so, uh, you know, um, I, think, I think for the DAO itself, we've done a good job being financially responsible, but we need to keep that in mind as we maybe get into funding larger initiatives and just making sure that uh, project sponsors are being held uh, accountable for the funding that they're getting. Uh, gathering and organizing community skills to focus or concentrate on a single task like a real company. And so this is a, we'll talk about this here in a real set in a second here, because this is a, Another way where I could see the DAO being also really successful is um, focusing on specific tasks that have been voted on by the DAO and then having a leadership in the DAO being able to actually lead these things to completion. Um, so we have lots of people loving this project, skilled and motivated, that be ready to add value to this project, but I still feel that everyone is working on his or her side, which is dividing our strength. Um, you know, the the Dune dashboards are a great example of this. We have like quite a few now really great Dune dashboards, really great analytics that have been put together by community members. But 
they're not they're not uh, collated or aggregated into one place. They're kind of all over the place. There's some some of them are hard to find, um, and they're not regularly used. And so having a kind of like a DAO dashboard, like a DAO analytics dashboard, that would be something um, really really valuable to the DAO, in my opinion. And you know, would give other people in the community who had uh, analytics to contribute to actually contribute to a main uh, aggregated page of DAO analytics, rather than having, um, you know, having some having a dashboard here and having another dashboard over here. Um, there's, you know, it's it's kind of like widespread at this point. Um, and so I think we can, you know, we're a very talented group, and I think we can combine forces here and. Something I realized in GMI is when I started it, I kind of underestimated how much people could get done when they collaborate with each other uh, at this stage instead of uh, trying to one-up each other. And so I think that's something that we could really um, benefit from is by supporting each other in on larger initiatives rather than um, building out our own thing, uh, which is good too, but I don't know. Maybe that's something we can discuss. And so, uh, you know, that brings me to this point here. There's two paths the DAO basically currently faces. Or, you know, a third path could be kind of a combination of both of these things. But basically, uh, the first example here is becoming a custodian of the protocol. So protecting the protocol while, while funding external parties that, you know, bring up good ideas, the percolated ideas that come to the top. And they uh, build upon the assets, so sort of like a fan base with funding power. Uh, community contributors are organized through grants, bounties, and proposals, kind of like how they are right now. And so maybe one example of this that was done really well through this method was the Gachi Farmy and Avagachi Dao uh, sandbox experience. I thought was done really well through this way um, by um, by us issuing a grant to uh, the Gachi Farmy, and then within the Gachi Farmy, they organized their own bounties and dispersed the funds out to their team members to make the project happen. Uh, there also be with the Gachi Farmy uh, project specifically, that initial funding that they got from the DTF was a uh, seed funding to get them to the demo because we wanted to really showcase what they were able to do. And so if you know, it seems like the majority of the DAO is really excited about this. And so there will be another proposal uh, put together for funding the full experience where everybody can actually uh, use the sandbox. It won't be in the game maker anymore. It'll actually be on some sandbox land. And so that land will have to be purchased as well. And so uh, that's another, that's going to be a separate discussion with another proposal. Uh, second point here, uh, this is the alternative is actively building on the proposal on the protocol with a uh, designated uh, team, like some sort of leadership, taking on maybe larger protocol initiatives, or maybe even forming partnerships with other large organizations, could be indie game studios, could be other just Web3 organizations, to build products which are uh, standalone or complementary to Pixelcraft products like the Gachiverse. And so I thought, in my opinion, I thought the Forge was a really good example of this, where you had a, a designated team that came together and was actually able to ship this really large protocol uh, initiative to to improve like the the functionality of our of our assets. 
So those are kind of the two paths, and maybe we can even adopt a hybrid approach where we're, we're actually able to do both. We can fund those grassroots community ideas, but we also have a leadership team that's able to um, lead by example and actually get some larger initiatives that maybe the DAO votes on like a quarterly basis, but they can, uh, they're actually capable of executing those things. So I'm kind of, uh, I'm gonna stop here and I'm kind of curious to know what your guys' thoughts are on that and uh, get some input. Yeah, I was just gonna say, um, yeah, I think like what's on the board now, I think is like a good like start of like a brainstorm of the nuggets that could become, you know, value type statements. Um, I think, you know, one potential step towards moving us a little closer, I think would be for um, people to start to think about, you know, what would be good kind of phrases or sound bites that you could pull out of here so that, you know, so that you have something concise that's kind of inspiring, that's kind of actionable. Um, that sort of, the whole point of values is to kind of keep us sort of all sort of in some sort of agreement, even if we don't agree on every single little thing we do, we sort of agree in a general direction, on a general set of values and how we go about our business as a DAO. Um, so it's helpful to just have them be, you know, nice and digestible, uh, something that, that just sort of someone reads and it just gives them an idea of, um, of what action they might take. So that, that would be my suggestion for like, if we wanted to further this, how we might, how we might sort of move forward with the values conversation is to kind of like start with some of the phrases that I assume these are quotes that came from. Yeah, the these are quotes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and maybe something someone's reading here um, inspires them to think of something else that they think is like a really um, important value that, uh, that the DAO seems to, to share or agree on. So that would be my sort of suggestion is that, you know, if there's a group of people or someone who wants, or even just everyone start to take, you know, take one of these, you know, make it into a, a more digestible bullet point um, and do some wordsmithing, you know? And so it, it kind of sounds like it has teeth that it's meaningful. And, um, and, you know, I think you want to try and get to a point where you're, you know, I, I personally, I like about three to five um or so i think if it gets too long it starts to lose meaning but you know three five seven ten kind of bullet point phrases that that sort of sum it all up i think would be a a good next step to think about if we wanted to to continue to pursue this yeah absolutely i mean uh i guess you know like speaking on the 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 point you made there about having a few points uh either you guys up here or you, or any of you in the chat there like if I was to just throw out, like, what are the top three things that you think, like, the DAO value, like, what would the top three DAO values be, in your opinion? Like, what are the top three things that DAO values the most um, currently? Also, I, I just wanted to, to um, while people type that, I just wanted to call out something I coded inside, because, yeah, totally true. So, you have, generally, you have mission, vision, and values, right? So, so values are sort of the more the most sort of broad thing. That kind of values are typically how you go about you, how you conduct your business, like what what you kind of believe in. So I think for a lot of Web three projects, that would be things like decentralization, uh, transparency, you know, things like that, um, more thematic things. Um, the mission you would typically have like what are we trying to accomplish, right? And 
I know we're, we're probably going to talk about the mission part in a second, but my my thought about the mission is that, you know, I think we should be thinking not what is the mission of the DAO as this separate thing from Avogadro, but I think we should be thinking what is the mission of Avogadro, the protocol. Um, because otherwise we'll end up with a mission that basically just says, okay, the mission of the DAO is to protect asset holders and mm. ensure the success of the protocol. And it doesn't really, it doesn't really drive that much. It's kind of like a company saying our mission is to look after the interests of our shareholders and and um, you know give the best dividend and everything. That would be like the mission of the board or something. Um, so I, I would encourage people to think in that way. And then lastly is the vision. You know, that's just you know where are we going? Like when you look forward you know what what does success look like again for avogachi not necessarily what is success for the dao what is success for avogachi because the dao is avogachi um so those would be my the way i would sort of break it down yeah no that's a good point and so we do have two more sections here i i thought i'd pull a few uh you know, I wouldn't even say maybe all of these are mission statements, but maybe like you say, the beginning of what could be a mission statement. And so uh, some of the things here that were put put in uh, point one here <coughs> uh, to consistently and sustainably bring value to Avagachi asset holders and the wider Web three community. Uh, yeah, that's that doesn't really sound like a yeah. powerful mission statement. It just, yeah. It, Basically says we're trying to pump our bags. Yeah. Next one here. The Avagachi DAO serves to help to develop the Avagachi protocol, foster engagement, expand utilization of protocol assets, and to create and preserve additional value of protocol assets. And so I like Mikey J's point too that these could be distilled down. Um, you know, like the mission statement should be pretty concise, in my opinion. Um, of what what is the top priority uh what is what is the mission what is the DAO trying to achieve and so here it's saying you know in a sense that the DAO is trying to achieve developing on the avagachi protocol um, foster engagement um, utilizing our assets of course and then to create and preserve additional value of protocol assets this one still is a little bit i feel like it could be more concise could be more powerful um, the Avagachi DAO's mission is responsible management of the Avagachi DAO treasury on behalf of Avagachi investors to retain and grow the value of Avagachi uh, tokens and NFTs. So yeah, my my yeah my point about most of these is again I think we just need to reframe the question a little mm -hmm. bit and just replace DAO with Avagachi um, because so the other thing is this is another good test if you were to take Avogachi out and put in any other DAO, would this, you know, or would this still hold true? You know, and most of these things would be true for just about any DAO. So mm -hmm. that's another thing is like the, the mission statement should really be distinctive. It should separate you from everyone else. Otherwise, it's just very generic. I threw out, you know, just examples of companies' mission statements and whether or not you like these companies. I think it makes sense to, to look at some of these because it gives you an example of um of just what other successful companies the way they th think about their mission statements so um it makes sense to to learn from that 
Yeah, absolutely. You have some here in the chat that you put in here. And just speaking on your point, uh, you made a really good point just now that uh, the mission statement should actually describe what Avagachi does that no other DAO or, you know, similar entity does that we do. I think that that's one of the points that you made there was the uniqueness of the mission statement. Uh, what defines yeah. Avagachi? Yeah, and it's like if you replaced Avogadro with something else, would it? You know what I mean? Like it, when you read some of these companies' mission statements, of course, any company could say uh, be the Earth's most customer-centric company. But you can also imagine when you think about your experience using Amazon and shopping on Amazon, you can tie the things, the decision that Amazon makes, and the way they conduct their business back to these statements. You know, and that's what makes them powerful. They're not just meaningless, but they actually make business decisions that are that are that you can you can kind of tie this back to these it's statements and see how that makes sense for these companies um it's, it's you know, almost I, like these are the it's almost like these are the essence of what these companies do really yeah, well exactly exactly and i think you know and i dr wagman asked um i think earlier in the chat and i would love to hear coder dan you know because the truth is i mean any founder any anyone who starts you know a company or th creates a thing has a vision, has a has a mission, whether or not they've sort of created a formal statement, they've got it in their mind. So, I mean, I'd really be interested to hear Coda Dan talk a little bit about, um, you know, his kind of like mission and vision for Avogachi going back to, you know, the beginning and where, right, where, yeah, where it yeah. comes from, because I think that that can be very in, uh, helpful and informative to us. Yeah, so uh, I, I respond to a couple uh, questions from, from Dr. Wagme and someone else, but, so I think what it, you know, when we started Avogadji, uh, one of the feelings that we had, kind of the intuitions, like we didn't have uh, a fancy mission statement. And actually, I, we have gone through the process. Uh, I've, I've done kind of the same work that you've done, like looking at different big companies and other gaming companies as well. Like when you say building a game, like we want to build the most entertaining game in the world. Like it's not, it's not really like a... a it's not going to inspire people to take action. So what I what I feel for Pixelcraft is really like I said above. Like I I do I'm very curious about the potential of community driven game development. I almost want to call it decentralized game development because it sounds much cooler. And we are I I don't I don't feel like we're quite there yet. But honestly, for me the mission statement of Pixelcraft Studios is we want to unlock the potential of decentralized game development. Now, what decentralized game development means, that would that needs to be obviously clarified a lot, and that's why we haven't really published this statement yet, but uh, we actually are doing some in internal work on it and trying to create like a framework for what is a decentralized, what is decentralized game development, what is community-driven game development. So that's part of it. Uh, we are... Like a lot of the other game companies say, you know, we're trying to build the most uh, interactive and uh, the coolest uh, game experience in the world. Like Blizzard is creating the most epic interactive gaming and entertainment experiences on Earth, immersing players in new unimagined worlds. So uh, that's like a very game game focused uh, mission statement. Whereas I've always come at it from a perspective of like, we want to build something together with the Web3 ethos, with, with the community. And uh, maybe it's not the most like uh, unimagined or uh, 
craziest experience in the world, but it's created together with the players. So that's part of it, um, probably 50%. And the other half is as a DAO, like we're kind of exploring this new system of governance. Like there's a lot of people are not happy with how democracy works or capitalism works or just various ideologies. And so this idea of like a DAO controlling something is a microcosm of a future model of governance. And so like crypto governance is what we're all exploring and trying, everyone's trying to, to figure out, is this model going to work? Is it, can a, can a company, uh, can a DAO replace a company? Can a DAO replace a government? Is it, if, is it more functional than a normal government? What are the differences between them? So on the flip side is, uh, to the gaming side is we're actually interested in like exploring and unlocking the potential of like DAO governance. And so that's, that's the other side of it, I think. What I'm hearing is when you're saying that is, uh, you know, I just dropped a quote in my mind. It was like, we're pioneering innovation in Web3 gaming, but also in governance. Yep. Yeah, and what, what I heard was just like repeatedly the idea of something that was like community driven and community created was like a consistent theme, you know, and everything Coder Dan was just saying. And so to me, like, that's very telling because not every Web3 game is going to be community driven in the way that Avogadro is. They might all be on the blockchain. They might all have, you know, NFTs that are owned by players. You know, they, they may share some things in common, but something you know, that I think makes Avogadro unique is how community driven it is and, and, yeah. and created by the community um, more and more so now. And I think that's very telling. And I, I think that should be reflected in, in, um, in all of these statements as well. Yeah, I think the, the fact that our DAO is so active and everyone through this bear market, we, we have lost some members, but like a lot of you guys are, are sticking around because we love governing this thing together. And uh, that's definitely, whenever I talk with uh, other people who have never heard about Avogachi or like people are, on, we go on podcasts or interviews, I always mention the fact that like there's so many Web3 games out there. We are really one of probably not the only one, but like the one that's doing it in the most serious way. We're very, very serious about the DAO governance, whereas most projects, they, they launch and then try two years later, they try to like add a DAO on. It just doesn't work. So we've, we've had a DAO from the beginning. It's part of our DNA. And we're basically trying to, we're going we're gonna to figure out a way to make it work and like show the world that DAO governance can actually be functional and a bunch of strangers on the internet that can come together and, and build something together uh, that is like a financial asset. Yeah, actually, this come this kind of brings me back to a <clears throat> this brings me brings me back to a quote that you have from a previous article, a very early article of Medium called "Scaling Avogadro DAO," and uh, you know the the way that things were worded was was really just friendly, and you know it's a kind of like the promise to ourselves and each other bit, and so I'll just quickly read this this little bit here. It says. The community has been electric since launch, and we hope that we all can approach upcoming proposals with enthusiasm and a positive attitude. 
No doubt uh, all of us will debate fiercely and often find ourselves with different ideas for Avogadji's direction. Unlike rather technical blockchain protocols, we have a living, breathing game to nurture and grow. There shouldn't be a burden. Let's instead all promise each other that we will adopt a positive attitude that prioritizes goodwill towards one another when engaging in debate and brainstorms. Uh, this is a game and we should therefore endeavor to make governance as gamified and therefore as enjoyable as possible. Nice. Yeah. Beautifully written, if I must say. <laughs> it was really well written, yeah. And so... Um, is the world's computer. Avogadji is the world's gaming console. Nice. Actually, I've heard that one a few times, and I thought that was a pretty powerful statement that we want to be the the world's uh, gaming console. We want to be that that base layer, the substrate that anybody can come here and build on. You know, uh, I was actually I've been playing with the Sandbox Game Maker, like just because of the demo. Like I had to get in there and um, see like how the Sandbox Game Maker works. And it's really cool. Like, uh, I think the learning curve is a little steep, but like, I don't think someone like myself who has like basic technical knowledge can't actually learn how to use a game maker and build games in Sandbox. And so Avogadji is kind of like that, but it's it's on a, lar on a larger scale. It's a, uh, um, you know, you can come in and build anything on the protocol. It's, it's a little bit less restricted in that sense. There's... Um, you know, and maybe one day we will have an SDK and we'll have, we'll have abilities for someone to come in and uh, build a game with, with little knowledge um, on the protocol. But even right now, we this is a very, in my opinion, a really appealing uh, proposition for a, a dev that maybe has a full-time gig but wants to, like, build something fun in their garage. And so Avogachi provides that where they can get together with some friends and um, maybe even get some funding from the DAO and create something really cool, uh, you know that that they're actually that they actually care about. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Choina, uh, sorry, uh, Choina is asking where I got this from. So on that mirror board, actually, if you guys go to the left, there's like a there's like a context board, and it's just like other slides and stuff we put together for context in case you know. You know, it's kind of for somebody who wasn't here from the start that doesn't understand the roots of Avagachi DAO or, you know, maybe doesn't understand DAOs in general. There's some background information there uh, for you to help kind of understand what DAOs are, uh, what the cocoon phase is. Uh, and so actually, that's one more thing we can touch on. We are currently in the cocoon phase, but we've been gradually kind of moving away from cocoon. And I would say we're almost like, we're, we haven't left Cocoon, but we're in the middle of Cocoon and Metamorphosis, where, uh, for those of you who don't know, the DAO is, goes, has gone through a few different phases. We started with Genesis. We're now in Cocoon, uh, where contract calls are made by Pixelcraft. There's no contract upgrades. It's ghost token governance. And, you know, we do voting on Snapshot. There's XP for core votes. That's how it works right now. The, what we're going to here, and maybe this might help kind of inform our mission statement a little bit, is where we're going. We're, we're, we're hoping to go to metamorphosis at some point in the near future where the DAO is going to be able to, the DAO will be able to execute smart contract calls. Uh, they will be able to upgrade certain mechanics in the game. Uh, actually, we're almost seeing that already with the Forge, right? We just upgraded the utility of our mm -hmm. protocol assets through the Forge. 
And so that's that's one really great example of that. And you know, we're still going to have our ghost governance, and then the platform uh, could be, you know, and this may might have changed, but back then the vision was to have a kind of custom custom DAP front end, uh, and then having XP and badges for voting. So maybe we've changed a, a little bit in a sense, but the the idea there is basically in this new metamorphosis stage, the DAO will be able to actually execute. Uh, smart contract calls. And I think, Toter Dan, you've even mentioned that other DAOs, like Ave DAO, when you're submitting a proposal, you're oftentimes submitting like, uh, you're submitting some some work with it as well, like some code that's going to be executed Definitely, yeah. if yeah. it passes, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's like truly, that's like truly aut autonomous gover governance there. Um, but yeah, just going back to Going back to our, our main board here, um, I guess we can talk about like what does the DAO actually control? Because this is a point I think Mikey J you brought it up earlier, is we we need to make the distinction between uh, Pixelcraft and Avagachi DAO. I think that's important. Is what exactly is the DAO in control over compared to uh, what is not out of our you know what is out of our control? And so some of the things here suggested that the DAO does control, and you you know you can agree or disagree with me. These are just the inputs from um, from the from some of the surveys there. And so uh, treasury and smart contracts. I would say the DAO does not control smart contracts at this point, but maybe metamorphosis will have some control over specific um, functions, maybe. Uh, rarity farming, ghost distribution, bazaar, and associated fees. Uh, the treasury, the voting process, and the game mechanics. And uh, this one's kind of interesting. The remainder of the protocol, if Pixelcraft were to hypothetically go their separate ways, so what would be left behind? The Avagachis, Ghost, and the NFTs, so probably like the ERC-1155s. Not the fake Gachis, but the, like the wearables would be left behind most likely. And then uh, this person here just adding in uh, uh, that they don't understand about the protocol or Pixelcraft's current reach to make an educated comment. Uh, but in their opinion, if Pixelcraft focuses on game development, then maybe the DAO should focus on maintaining the, pro maintaining the health of the protocol and tokenomics. So just a whole different range of diff you know, things that people think the DAO controls. What do you guys think? And I'll read some of the comments in the chat here. What do you guys think the DAO has control over because I think it'll help us. Uh, it may help us even like in the future to know where we should focus our efforts. I think from our perspective, the DAO controls. Well, the eventually will control uh, the the smart contracts, Avagachi contracts. Uh, that's like the main one. Would be the Avagachi contracts, like which is a, which is a GitHub repo, um, it, like zero x eight six nine. That's the Avagachi contracts. The uh, probably the mechanics in the the Avagachi like Realm Diamond as well. A lot of those, um, anything related to tokenomics, generally once it's been put out into the wild, I in general I would say the majority of the time we believe that that is also kind of DAO controlled at that point, like the DAO has a very, very strong say 
in how those are governed. Uh, we can obviously uh, make suggestions, but generally once something like tokenomics related is put out into the wild, we really don't like touch it much. So new, new mechanics, um, we've been obviously adding kind of adding new mechanics to the protocol sometimes uh on our own sometimes with the dow so adding new mechanics is definitely under the scope of avagachi dow Re removing re mechanics would be under the scope as well uh and then Gachiverse is where it gets a little bit muddied because uh, Gachiverse is a game built on the avagachi protocol at, at the same time uh, there's NFT assets involved. And so we basically, I view it as Pixelcraft is, uh, is kind of st steering the ship on the Gachiverse, but we definitely, uh, to, to, to use that metaphor, like you guys are also basically telling us where to go in, in some aspect. But uh, yeah, I don't want to use that metaphor, but basically, we're co-building the Gachiverse together. Um, some, and we'll, we will outsource, or not outsource, but basically uh, allow the, the DAO to kind of overrule us in, in some decisions on that. And I think that's, a, if you think about like other game developers that also build on the product protocol, they might uh, have an initial vision and then they might build that vision and then say, hey, hey, uh, We'd love to have feedback from the DAO on on our game. So I view it pretty much in that in that way. Although tokenomics decisions again, once the tokenomics are published and and on chain, at that point, we're not going to be making like big changes to them. That the, all any sort of changes to that generally will go through the DAO. So definitely like on chain governance of tokenomics on on chain assets is a big one, and then. The DAO obviously has its treasury, so that's another another big one. Rarity farming is a game mechanic, so that's also uh, part of part of that treasury. And uh, yeah, that's that's uh, the I would say the majority of what the DAO is like currently governing. Mm-hmm. Agree. I also read Tommy Gachi's comment here. Uh, the DAO is control over a pool of tokens, so the liquidity and quick swap uh, bags from Gachi versus crafting and fees from the bazaar. There's some, yeah, some revenue, I guess you could call mm -hmm. it. Yeah, oh, and the bonding curve as well. And the bonding the, curve, yeah. The the OG Avagachi asset. Yeah. And so Tommy Gachi suggesting that the Gachiverse is almost like a game layered on top of the Avagachi protocol. I'll ask, do you, you know, at some point in our future, do you envision maybe another uh, metaverse emerging or another like equivalent product to the Gachiverse emerging that maybe is a result of Avagachi DAO? Maybe like a, not another like a, metaverse, but like, you right. know, so, uh, something as big of a product. And so maybe it's a whole standalone game. I hope uh, so. Maybe, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we definitely hope that like someone is also going to build on Avagachi's. We already have like the, the Gachi Miners and uh, Gachi Heroes, a couple, a couple other games. So the, the whole point of Avagachi that it like it's supposed to be 
meant to be that anyone can build on it. And um, Pixelcraft Studios currently does have the IP for like what an Avogachi is. Uh, we did kind of create it, and we're not we're not going to go like CC zero or kind of be more liberal with it yet because we we want to make sure that it gets treated right, and it's just it's just valuable IP. Uh, so. What I, but in the future, one day, there could be a day where, where we do say uh, we're going to transfer that IP over to Avogachi DAO. But that's, that's definitely not going to happen yet. But it's pretty, pretty as, as the like, Gachi Farmy knows, we're very open to any sort of like, licensing with the IP. We just want to make sure that uh, the, the IP is respected. Yeah, no, that 100% makes sense. At this stage, we want to be very careful with that for sure. Um, just reading some comments here. Uh, Tommy Gachi saying, there are many games already existing, which is great to see. But I guess what I was referring to is <clears throat> larger projects. Let's say an indie game studio came and saw the the value proposition of building an Apagachi protocol. And they wanted to uh, start using the assets to build out a, a gaming experience that maybe is equivalent in size to like uh, Pixelcraft Scotchyverse, for example. Then maybe there would be some sort of a conversation happening between Avagachi Dow and Pixelcraft and the indie game studio. And then there would likely be some sort of an IP agreement if we felt that that product kind of fits in brand with Avagachi. So I think that's kind of what happened with the sandbox thing is they came to they came to the Dow first. And then the DAO said, well, this is, looks like a really good idea. And then also join forces with Pixelcraft to make sure that the experience stays on brand and that we're not going off key with Avogachi assets or branding. So that was kind of the approach there with that. Yeah, the Gachi game station. Yeah, Gachi cart game. Tommy Gachi, we need to build that. I think that should be something that DAO maybe, you know, if somebody does know how to build that sort of game, like uh, be cool to get a racing game in uh, 2023, something we've been asking for. But uh, uh, going back to this this board here. Um, so we kind of talked about what the DAO controls. Um, Mikey J kind of went through a really good uh, segment there talking about mission statements, the nature of like what a mis mission statement could look like. I like those examples you put up there. We can add those to the mirror board as well. And uh, I think we have some ideas around what the mission statement could look like. Why don't we go over to the the future outlook here and let's talk about maybe what does a successful Avogachi DAO look like? And so specifically pertaining to like Avogachi DAO where we're at now, if we were to say maybe a few years from now, four or five years from now, uh, what does a successful Avogachi DAO possibly look like? And, uh, and, you know, this would be assuming that we've made that transition over to metamorphosis at this point. And so uh, in this case, it would be a, uh, you know, a self-sustaining entity capable of producing its own revenue, capable of filling its own treasury uh, and, you know, funding other projects, uh, hosting large sponsored DAO events. And so DAO Square is amazing. And I think... The case for using DAO Square is going to be uh, huge. Of, I think that was the part of the initial vision I remember when I first joined Avogachi is this idea we we were discussing if if there was an Avogachi metaverse, we would want to have like a DAO Square where we could go and actually possibly even vote in the metaverse. Like that would be a really cool experience. But 
maybe uh, Avagachi Dao Square becomes more uh, legitimized in that sense. And we actually hold like events where we're, you know, some sort of engagement with those assets there and Avagachi Dao would be interesting. Uh, so uh, Avagachi and the Gachiverse is a hub for a lot of other dApps that are developed by independent parties. And so kind of what I was just talking about earlier, uh, something like a mixture of Second Life and Crypto Voxels, uh, the App Store and Facebook and Discord. So just different uh, different dApps of doing different things, uh, building on top of Avagachi protocol. Uh, a really good example of this, actually, if you guys have been in the Lens ecosystem lately, it's really interesting what's happening over there. I, they're very much, uh, you know, embracing the idea of protocol level like building. And so uh, I think they do community grants and have a funding system similar to like what we do, but they have uh, a whole range of different dApps, everything from AI image generation to meme creator to like a video, like a YouTube style dApp. They got Lenster, which is more like a Twitter. Um, they got all these different products that are coming out uh, and they're independent entities building on top of Lens, trying to be that next social platform. And what travels with you is your Lens profile. And so right now I can't take I can't take my Twitter followers with me if I want to go to Facebook. You know, I can't go, I can't take my Facebook followers to Instagram. But the whole idea of protocol level building is you're able to take your asset of what you own, which in this case is your identity, yeah. and take it to somewhere else. Um, and this and is not actually have... a super important area that I, I would love to have more community thought on and discussion and maybe brainstorming is how can we make the Avagachi basically portable throughout different games in a, in a totally trustless way. Cause right now, like for example, we, if, if, if you win a game, we might be able to give you some XP. That XP isn't really given out in a trustless way. It's, it's basically given out by Pixelcraft or like a game manager. That's a, a trusted account. It's a really, really hard problem. Uh, I've been literally thinking about this for, like half a year, entire year, and still haven't cracked it. So maybe we can uh, have a, a session one day where we just talk about that as an issue. Because really what, what we're trying to do is have the Avagachi be portable throughout all the games that people build. And, and those games should be able to uh, level the Gachi up or increase its kinship or give it a badge or whatever. Uh, but it's especially the things like increasing the level or increasing the kinship are pretty hard problems to solve in a in a decentralized trustless way. But I just wanted to throw that out there if anyone wants to think about that over the over the weekend. Sorry, sorry for interrupting there. No, absolutely, it's a great point that you make because it ties in kind of here with with everything we're talking about. Is you know that is that is something that really is a it's a huge benefit of a protocol level uh, like a protocol style of building where where you know you guys at Avagachi at Pixelcraft you created the Avagachis you created the assets I look at that as the kind of substrate that everything is going to be built on top of like people are going to use these assets and so it makes sense that the the points that are being awarded to the Avagachis themselves do correlate across a whole bunch of different experiences. So uh, yeah, that that's a really important point for sure. Uh, see some comments in the chat. Uh, Didly poo, uh, Coder Dan, whitelist contracts and enforce a common method signature. 
Yeah, it's most of the gameplay happens off chain. So like, imagine a gachi verse or a gachi racing game, where the 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 winner is it's ha- everything's happening off chain, and but they want to award the gachi with some on chain points. So it's like there every time you try to mix web two with web three, off chain and off chain on chain, it gets it gets pretty complicated. Uh, but if we only say you know we're only going to give XP for on-chain games, then that just that like totally limits anything that we can do. So yeah, there's got to be some layer. I imagine there's like some way to use zk snarks or some like I, I think of like uh, zk technology as basically blockchain magic, and there's probably a way to code it in a way that like we could do that. But exactly how to do that. Um, uh, I need I need some bigger brains to to work together on that. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, above my above my uh, skill level there. <laughs> we got some big brains somewhere in the audience there. Um, okay, uh, does anybody else have any other input of, in their opinion? What they see like. I see Mikey J, you're still up here with me. You've got some people in the chat. Uh, uh, is there other additional things here? Do you think, uh, or sorry, uh, what, in your opinion, what does Avagachi, Avagachi DAO success look like in, in here in the coming future? I think we just touched on, it, you know, a major one that we just touched on is what you just said, Coder Dan. If we're able to figure out this uh, portability of assets across a range of different experiences on the protocol, I think that would be a huge success for Avagachi DAO. Yeah, I think yeah. adoption is like a is a no brainer. It's like governance, making sure that the the protocol is respected and any it changes it needs or maintenance it needs are done in a decentralized way. And then the other side is let's get more people to to build on it. Let's get more players. Those are all I would say parts of the DAO mission, like we want to have adoption of, of the Avogadro protocol and probably probably just, you could also include, maybe throw in blockchain gaming in there as well. But really it's just the, the Avogadro protocol. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, what we'll do here, I think I'm trying to think of an actionable next step that we could take to get down to uh, an actual, I think we should start with probably uh, coming, you know, nailing down some, some values, things that we care about, and then also having this mission statement would be a great place to start. Uh, And then the vision would be uh, a statement that we'd have to make. And so uh, what I'll do is, uh, actually, what I'll do is uh, in the mission, I have a, it's kind of inactive, but I have a forum post that I started earlier on to get the discussion going around mission and vision. What I'll do is I'll drop a tally form in there. And, you know, for those of you, I really appreciate as many people possible could provide some input, but let's come up with some examples based on this discussion today. And then next week, maybe we can narrow those down to maybe two or three options and we can do like a, a vote. It doesn't have to be on chain. It could be on chain, like we could do a a snapshot proposal with like, you know, the few different options of what we think Avogadro DAO is best represented by, and have people vote on that, or we could do a off chain sort of vote where I would, 
you know, collect input from a tally form or whatever. Um, what, if we have like way, 10, yeah. 10 options that are all awesome, then it would be, that'd be the perfect candidate for like a, a, a snapshot vote where we could just rank them. Uh, I think we're, this was a, a really, I think it was pretty productive, good brainstorm session. And yeah, I'd, I would say next steps is we need to kind of coagulate a, a value and mission statement together and actually start formulating the wording for it. But I think we, yeah, we got a lot of progress today. One way, Hefe, that we might think about doing that too is like if we, if you can kind of help us pull out like the themes that came out today, you know, and so you, one theme could say be being community driven, right? And so you have that theme. And so what we could do is ask people for like their, their phrase that they would use to describe that, you know, so that way we can kind of, you know, because when we go to vote, we don't need to vote on 10 phrases that I'll talk about being community driven. We kind of need to sort of coalesce around one so that we can have, you know, one about being community driven, one about being um, decentralized, one about being, you know, whatever, so on and so forth. So that might be one way if you can help us pull out just like the theme and then people can maybe suggest some wording. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what we'll do, I usually sync up with Hardcore right after these meetings so we can go through and uh, uh, write down some of those themes and then we can, uh, exactly, I think that's a great approach. So uh, we'll do that and then uh, we can follow up with the snapshot vote. Maybe next week we'll actually come up with the exact mission statements for each each theme and then we'll post those as the snapshot uh, thing. We can vote on what, what uh derived mission statement from each team uh, makes the most sense. Uh, just reading here, reading some comments here. Snapshot would make it more official. I agree, Choina. Uh, client Hogachi Bulls, what is Avagachi in one sentence? <laughs> Go to Avagachi and look through all that. It's a, it's a mm -hmm. lot, right? Like I describe our ecosystem as like it's an inch wide because it looks unassuming at the surface, but it's like a mile deep. There's so much you can dig into. <laughs> our our goal for 2023 is to sim like make things a lot simpler for people. It is way too complex right now. It's gonna happen. It's gonna get simpler. We're I think we're at. Last year was the point of maximum complexity, I feel like. Yeah, I think the complexity is probably going to get abstracted away as people get more drawn into like the experiences, like the arena, the great battle, all that. And, and then it's like, okay, what do I have to do for the great battle? Oh, got to learn, you know, farming, this and that. Uh, there's there's going to be ways for people to understand. And I think maybe one of the things that Dow could work on is also the the wiki. And like having a comprehensive wiki that looks aesthetically appealing, it's clean, it maybe has some, you know, some dashboard analytics or some some sort of background information if people want to dig deeper, an archive. I guess our wiki right now is pretty great, uh, thanks to Bowtie Nerd, but maybe we could I, could get a refresh maybe in the year. Uh, hard There's courses. actually, uh, oh, you know, I, I often see games have this, they use fandom, which is, uh, it's pretty well laid out. I don't know much about it, but, uh, seems like if, as a game, it would almost make sense to have a plat, be on a platform that a lot of other games use. So something worth thinking about maybe. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. 
I run into a lot of people these days coming to Avagachi, um, not knowing where to start. And the wiki is a great place to start, in my opinion. But maybe it's somewhere like fandom where you have a player base that can discover discover the the wiki as well. Uh, Hardcore saying, what if we offer a mission and vision uh, prize? Uh, Winning prop gets 500 XP. I'll be honest, like it's been uh, it's been kind of tough drumming up like interest discussing this, and it's I think part of that's due to the fact that actually this is a you know anybody can come up with like a boilerplate mission statement and we could call it a day at that and leave it at that, but we're trying to put the effort in to actually find a mission statement that truly represents us and is able to actually guide us to where we want to go. Um, because some of these mission statements, like the ones Mikey J put up there, you could see that those mission statements were like the essence of like what those entities did really well. And I'm I'm sure that getting to those mission statements took quite a bit of work and probably quite a few meetings to get there. And so uh, maybe there could be there could be some sort of an incentive. Uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? to come up with the best mission statement, like a, almost like a, like a competition of sorts. I think we, we could, as a DAO, I, I agree. It's been uh, difficult to, to raise the interest. It's a kind of a, kind of a, an abstract thing to think about, but we also like, I feel like the, we're doing pretty well. Uh, if we have some sort of like conversation about it every, uh, every one or two weeks, where we are moving it forward, uh, I think we'll, we'll eventually get to a point where we have something. I, from our side, like Pixelcraft, we could also just say, "Hey, we have like, I, mean, I could crack out and probably create like a hundred statements." But I don't, I don't really want to. Like, I think the DAO should be going through this process together, and uh, I think like we'll come out with something much stronger for it. So I definitely, yeah, I'm enjoying the process. Me too. I'm actually enjoying this process. I like having these discussions. A lot of this goes back to our roots where we first started and then trying to figure out where we're going is really exciting. So I, I do I do enjoy it as well. But uh, I'm, I'm going to have to wrap it up here. Uh, I think you guys might have had some other things, but this has gone pretty about two hours now. Uh, yeah. Were there any final things you wanted to, to cover? Well, I mean, I want, next week. yeah, I mean, I was going to follow up with Eat Denver, but you know what? I can actually put that in a forum post. We will be putting a SIG prop out, but uh, we did discuss it last weekend. We got everybody's concerns and we want to address those. Uh, we made a slide for it as well. I, I guess I could quickly just go through like just the gist of what we discussed without going through the whole thing. And uh, maybe the rest can be covered in the forum post. Uh, but we have a more comprehensive kind of approach and we've been actually uh, working with you guys with Pixelcraft, uh, talking to Lost Local about how we can collaborate to make this a kind of a powerful event. And so, um, yeah, you know what? I'll just, if you don't mind, Coder Dan, I'll just quickly run through it, get your take on it. Uh, uh, I'm gonna have to jump off here. Okay. But I'll yeah. I'll definitely check it out on the the DAO forum. Okay. Yeah. No problem. Um, so yeah, we'll see you. Uh, I guess next week. Yep. Enjoy your Thanks, weekend. Later. And uh, also remember the, uh, the like we just posted in Gachiverse updates, uh, the Gachi board competition is going to be starting in about eight hours. So get ready. It's going to be epic. Thanks to yeah, yeah. Mark Immaterial for putting this together and yeah, spearheading the entire thing. 
we have done very little on our side. It's awesome to, to see the community kind of uh, creating these uh, initiatives. So uh, look, looking forward to, to seeing what happens on uh, the Dune dashboards. See you, friends. Later. All right, fellas and ladies, I'm going to I'm going to quickly go through this just to give you guys an idea of what we discussed, but I'll put most of it down in the forums there. If there are other members who are going to Denver who want to come up here, uh, feel free to put your hand up and uh, let's let's just quickly run through this. And so uh, last weekend we discussed ETH Denver, our uh, presence at these sorts of events, this specific event, which is actually a it's a conference. It's a developer conference, and it's actually one of the largest developer conferences uh, in the world. Like what the largest Ethereum developer conferences in the world. Uh, last year, there were projected around forty thousand attendees, and this year they're projecting almost double that. So, it's going to be a really large event. Uh, it's a nine-day event, and so uh, us as a as a group here, we put a group together to possibly attend Eat Denver. And so our goals for actually like doing the field work are uh, to basically leverage our connections with other Web3 communities and maximizing our exposure. Like we'll be moving through this space actively. Uh, we are planning on a coffee shop event, like a developer event where we will have like a, a venue with like uh, banners and everything set up and live streams. <clears throat> but uh, for the most part, We've been working with Lost Local to actually uh, see what other Web3 communities are interested in Avogadro, uh, what venues at the event are going to be appealing for something like Avogadro. And so uh, we have a few places in mind there. Uh, no future. I know you had talked about doing some. Uh, oh, I see Lost Locals in the audience. Yeah. <coughs> uh, yeah. Welcome up. Welcome, welcome. Hey everyone. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, right on. Glad you came. GM. Yeah, GM. Glad to have you guys up here. I just wanted thought we could uh, discuss our Eat Denver plans, and you know we have Lost Local up here who represents Pixelcraft, so we can talk about how Avagachi DAO can kind of help you out with your some of your initiatives that you that you wish to to execute at the Eat Denver. <laughs> and so I was just going through kind of our budget uh, sorry our strategy and our budget um so uh one of the points i put down here was supporting pixelcraft or yourself at the avagachi uh dedicated venue which is going to be the developer cafe but also helping you do some outreach at events and uh developing maybe some partnership uh, opportunities for avagachi and so i guess i'll ask you what are some of your objectives and um kind of what are some of the ways that the dow you see the dow uh group that's being uh that's going to eat denver what do you see how do you see them maybe uh supporting you in your role yeah so um right now we're in the process of uh organizing exactly where we're going to have a presence um a lot of these events kind of come together uh in the month before so we're kind of uh just you know coming into that time range right now so in the next couple of weeks we'll we'll have uh some more details about exactly where avagachi will be having a presence during denver um but right now we are uh 
chatting with crypto cryptoon goons um for a nightclub event and then uh we've got a couple other partner communities that we are finalizing details on um those events is where uh support from the community and the dow are going to be really really important um i am the only person from pixelcraft that will be on the ground uh at eth denver um so i'm going to be uh you know organizing our presence and acting kind of as like a lead brand ambassador uh, but as we saw in Miami, it was really, really beneficial to have community members who were able to represent Avagachi uh, speak on behalf of the project and also, you know, help with onboarding initiatives. Um, so really, at the end of the day, that's where I do see, uh, you know, the biggest value add for me personally. Um, I It is a lot of work, um, you know, just organizing and then making sure that not only that we have a presence and a place to uh, represent the project, but that then the project is being represented appropriately uh, in those places. So, for my for my you know standpoint, that's really where uh, the support of the DAO is going to come in um, most helpful. Yeah, I agree with you there, and uh, you know I think we can we can we can have a a far wider impact and footprint if we have a. Uh, available members at the event that can do some outreach that can you know actually create some that you know have some networking going on while we're doing live streams while we're actually doing some active uh recording or content creation or what have you those processes in themselves and i've talked about this with no future like if if he's doing a segment and he's maybe doing some live street interviews uh at eat denver that's going to require two people that are going to be tied up doing that at least two people and so at least you have extra hands to you know if you wanted to set something up if you wanted to, for example, you know, have someone giving out stickers or something, you would have those extra hands uh, available at this event rather than having one person, which I think would maybe limit your um, ability to maybe have an imp as big of an impact at each member. And so I think that's one of the ways we can kind of help you out there as well. Uh, no future. Yeah, I was going to say, as a person who often does the one-man band thing, you can get it done, but you are limited. So being able to, like... You know, ideal, ideally, we're looking to onboard devs, but also, uh, you know, capture content. So having more hands on deck to capture content just makes it easier because you can have a crew that's shooting the content, people hosting it, and then other people editing it at the same time so we can get it out in a timely manner, which was one of the, like, struggles we had in Miami because it was a one-man band. So you can't, you just can't do it. Yeah, we've also discussed, you know, if... Pixelcraft was to go and hire outside help, so like not Avagachi, not Gachi Gang, just outside uh, contracted help to uh, to assist at these events. The like the projected the projected budget or the the spend for that it far exceeds like even our you know our biggest our largest ask. It's it could you know possibly even double our largest ask. And so uh, to have people there who are actually gachi gang that can take that marketing angle, but also be there as helping hands, I think is going to be valuable uh, to, to have there. Yeah. And I think it's worth mentioning that, um, you know, we're also ideally what will come out of this is uh, some, some system that can be replicated moving forward. Um, you know, it is the intention of Pixelcraft to have more and more of an IRL presence. 
um, at events moving forward. So figuring out how the DAO is going to play into that and how we can, you know, increase DAO presence moving forward and, um, you know, make sure that the DAO is, you know, represented at these IRL events and representing the project uh, is also uh, important to us. So hoping that this can, you know, be another step in refining that system. You know, um, Art Week in Miami was kind of like, I think, the first um, roll of the dice at having an IRL presence. And, you know, there we had two events happening literally at the same time. So if it wasn't for the help of Zombie Shepherd that day, we wouldn't have been able to appear on the Polygon panel while also having that community event um, in Wynwood. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, and like for you know for what it's worth, uh, that was with Crypto Goons, uh, Crypto Goons, and you know we are also forging partnerships with them now. So these things actually do play out uh, if you give them time. I think uh, one of the yeah exactly, and I think one of the challenges here is when you're looking at a group to get funded to go to something like this is sometimes the. Uh, what you're going to get out of the event is somewhat intangible. I mean, you know, I, I can guarantee that there will be something positive that comes out of this event and something of value for Avagachi DAO that comes out of this event. But to actually quantify that in terms of a number is, is uh, in my opinion, a little bit challenging. And so the best thing we can do is, well, first of all, you guys know what we have a track record uh, both no futuristic and I, and you know, of course, lost local of delivering. Uh, I haven't gone to IRL events, but in terms of like hosting an event, you know, Guild Summit, Artist Summits, the Friday Night Syncopator, we're pretty deeply instilled in the community, and so you know, for us to be there as ambassadors would kind of make sense. Um, and, and yeah, so that that's just my point on that. So just moving on to the uh, the the media aspect of it, no future. Do you want to actually touch on the kind of the media plan for uh, for uh, East Denver? Sure. Um, I don't have the document, but I can go off that. It's on. Like, it's on the. It's on the mirror board. If you. It's actually on the mirror board. Is it? Let me. I'm... Yeah, it's the green. I think it's the third green section from the top. Okay. Yeah. So. Um... The media plan, the way I'm seeing and approaching this, is it's going to be two facets, basically, two aspects. The first aspect is going to be the live streaming aspect, and the second aspect is going to be the content capture. So with live streaming, ideally, we want to do daily live streams covering everything that we're doing with the hopes of during the day while we're attending events, while we have free time, we're shooting video content of us, Avagachi at Eve Denver, interacting with people, uh, spreading the gospel, but just also trying to onboard devs and people in general, you know, uh, whatever events. Right now, we don't know what uh, list of events we're going to be attending or speaking at. So this is all uh, TBD. But once we have and that, and ETH uh, Denver doesn't even know yet. Like they're yeah. still they're still figuring it out. Also, so the idea is that uh, with the lodge, we know for certain that we have Ethernet and internet that works. So we'll be able to live stream and get media back to both Pixelcraft and then. As part of this, and Hefe can go over this later, uh, we plan on having some D-Work bounty set up for some uh, bounties for video editing, image generation, you know, graphic design stuff for, uh, you know, so we can turn back this uh, captured content into promotional material quickly to give to Pixelcraft to use for promotion during these events. So the idea is we'll be doing um, live streams, captured content during the day, which we put together to distribute to 
Pixelcraft, and then we will edit our own stuff that we can use during our live streams. During the live streams, ideally, we want to draw talent and network pe peeps that we meet while we're there. So if we meet devs, we want to pull them in and uh, maybe interview them. It's going to be um, things such as Twitter spaces. We want to host more of that. We didn't get to do that in Miami. Um, we plan on streaming, I guess, the DAO meeting and uh, the Gachi Gang hangout. So basically, constant live streams. But the second aspect, like I said, is the captured content, which will be basically, as a single uh, videographer, I have a cinema camera I'm walking around with and a cell phone. I can only capture so much with that. By having Zombie Shepherd there, he also has a camera. I'll be able to bring a second camera myself. So our production quality goes up. We both have a full end of uh, audio equipment to basically cover everything. By engaging these other members as crew, they can help me basically set up and break down our video operation because it's gonna be pretty extensive because I'm bringing a lot of equipment. Um, they will also be able to constantly capture content on their cell phones, which is kind of what we missed out on in uh, Miami because we, you know, I'm lugging around a $5,000 camera. So it gives, it gives us options to get more content, more diverse content uh, for, to get back to Pixelcraft, you know, same day that they can churn out into promotional content to use on Abagachi. And this is where the Abagachi Twitter specifically, but this is where the social integration is because part of this onboarding effort will be through these capture, uh, content capture efforts. So when we're doing person on the street interviews, the idea is ideally we're doing this link to a giveaway or with certain um, stickers or pamphlets or something that has our information that we can capture content of us spreading the word, but actually also spread the word. And then ideally uh, for the coffee shop event, we're gonna do full coverage of it. I would like to do a giveaway of some sort. We have, a, you know, it's a lot of TBD ideas about how we can activate this and make this a lot of fun. Um, I've just been rambling for a while. I should look at some comments and stuff. But, uh, yeah, no, I got a question here from Mikey J that we can address. Yeah. He's uh, asking, can you explain why capturing content could be an important aspect of this? Uh, and in my yeah. opinion, uh, in my opinion, I think capturing, you know, I'll let you speak on that as well. But in my opinion, capturing content is not only an opportunity to engage with our environment. So engaging with the developers, uh, you know, it's, it's a value proposition on their end of it, too, if you think about it. If a developer who, you know, oftentimes developers aren't doing this sort of thing. And so if you have somebody who you meet who, who is interested in the protocol or interested in Avagachi, getting to know them through a live experience that's been recorded could be valuable for their, their own uh, promotion as well, in addition to us. I think that's one aspect of it, but I'll let, I'll let you touch on it in the future. Well, I think actually the best person, if he's if he can, uh, lost local because he's done this a for a living and he's working with the team directly. So I think like me generally, captured content is important because it creates promotional uh, material that you can use ideally for marketing. But you can also like we are supposed to be a fun, friendly community. Uh, actually, showing that like being at these events, uh, fostering these partnerships. Uh, this captured content isn't just us capturing ourselves, we're capture, capturing other people. And that will lead to, I think can lead to, you know, just more engagement socially um, on social media, which is one of the goals of the, you know, our endeavor. Yeah, I'd say, um, you know, not to simplify things, but, uh, you know, I've been a member of the Avogadro community for, you know, since a little before Haunt 2, um, and also very active in the IRL NFT community. Um, my DAO organized the um, 
outdoor patio area of NFTLA last year with live entertainment and all that good stuff. Um, so for me, um, really the, the power of content, I also directed commercials and, and did all that for, for over a decade. But um, what's really exciting about, you know, where Avogachi is now and, and where I've kind of come on uh, to the project is I feel like we've done so much work, um, you know, on the blockchain and in Web3 and, and, and building this actual project. And now it's really time to take it into the real world and build the brand and, um, you know, actually have some face-to-face with other people in the communities, uh, in the, in the Web3 community that are out there and active and, and just trying to create more of a presence for this project. So um, content is, you know, I think extremely powerful. Um, these IRL events are extremely powerful just to, to put some identity to the project beyond what people are gonna see on Twitter and uh, Discord. So, you know, at the end of the day, I really see this as brand building. Um, it, it further develops the identity of what we, what we are as a project and, and also what we are as a community. And, you know, that's where the uh, the DAO is so important here is because at the event, the DAO is representing the community. Um, you guys are, you know, the day-to-day, you know, lifeblood of this project. Without community members, nothing, nothing happens. So it's important for y'all to be there. And I think it's also important to start getting that message out. And content is, you know, I think the strongest way to do that. Yeah, well said. There's some ideas in the in the chat there on, and this is something we can discuss also that I'm open to is uh, discussing like a pitch. Uh, if we were to, you know, if this Avagachi was to come up in a conversation, or if simply someone was to ask, uh, you know, maybe they are a developer, you know, how do I get started building on Avagachi, or what are the first steps I need to take? I think being in agreement on what that process looks like, how someone could get started. Uh, Tommy Gachi mentions, you know, um, some scaffolding, uh, GitHub repo could be a great way. And uh, that's definitely a conversation we want to have. And so, uh, yeah, no, that that's a good point there. Yeah, just wanted to, to kind of, yeah, thank you for, for addressing that. I, I mean, I get the... I get the value of having content in general, you know, obviously that's, that's incredibly important. Um, I think my, my just top line reaction was, oh, this seems like a great conference to, um, to engage with developers, you know, to meet them, to talk with them, to have one-on-one conversations, to have, um, you know, hopefully to, for them to leave there and think about building a project on top of the protocol. Um, so that we can attract more developers. And to me, like, that sounds like the biggest value. And it sounds like having, uh, you know, a few people there to do that, have a, a small team of people there to do that makes sense. Um, I think I, just personally, I'm a little bit, and I haven't looked at the cost and everything, but I'm a little bit less sold on that we need to have a lot of content generated by that event um, just for general. I mean, there's a lot of different ways we could generate content for uh, for marketing channels that don't involve, um, you know, a lot of travel and things like that, such as all the great work that, you know, new, no features doing and the rest of you guys are already doing. So that's kind of where I was coming from, um, with that, with that question. But I think the overall, like, I really do believe like 
with all the things we just talked about, we need to be, in my opinion, we need to be engaging developers, attracting developers to come build on Avogadro. So I, I definitely would support you guys. Personally, I would support you guys, um, you know, a small team of people to go out and, and get that done and, and make that the focus. Yeah, this is actually, I see Phase's comment there too. I, I actually agree. This is a, I think Phase, you provided some insights as well last, uh, well, not last night, it was Friday night uh, during one of the GMI syncopators where uh, you made also a good point, basically kind of uh, with my, what Mikey J is saying is, uh, you know, having the, sorry, one second. Man, get thirsty up here. I was talking about, uh, phase saying that uh, you know just creating content for content's sake is is definitely uh not really the goal of ETH denver is is actually primarily to to connect with a specific crowd a specific type of audience that will be uh benefit like highly beneficial to our ecosystem if we're able to pull in uh developers that find this an appealing protocol to build on i think when i think about developers i think that maybe two different kinds of people. There could be um, larger entities that are interested in building on Avogadro protocol. And you could also have um, the dev who maybe has a full-time gig already, but is interested in building something fun on the protocol. And so those are different uh, ways we can market Avogadro. And that I, th I think that would be the angle to market Avogadro. It wouldn't be so much uh, like playing the game. We're not looking for players at ETH Denver. We're not looking to scout more players or increase their player base. We're looking to scout uh, actual talent for uh, the protocol so that they can build really cool things that will attract a, a larger uh, player base. Yeah, and I would also mention that, um, you know, we are actively communicating with Polygon and Magic Eden. Uh, we had support from them at um, Miami Art Week, and we plan on uh, having support from them as well at ETH Denver. Um, so that also is really a big part of this is um, aligning with, uh, you know, these infrastructure plays and, um, you know, further establishing uh, how much we've built, you know, already and, and onboarding folks that way. So uh, which which part of that does kind of, uh, you know, tie into the content and, uh, you know, obviously it's it's nice to show that we are alongside uh, these major players in the space. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to uh, respect you guys' time because I know we have gone uh, past our regular meeting time. But uh, one more thing I wanted to touch on here was our uh, the kind of like the travel expenses. We want to be pretty transparent around that. And also addressing the concern of accountability because that was another major concern that was brought up by the DAO is how do we know the money we're paying to the people going there for compensation is actually going to produce uh, work. And so... Not saying that, uh, you know, I don't think there's anybody in this group that's not good for the work that they've put in so far for Avogadro, but I think that transparency and accountability is important. So uh, what we put together here is the Gachi Lodge uh, travel expense worksheet. And uh, so the the total ask here is, you know, 12,000 or 11,937 USD. And that wasn't a random number we came up with. That was, uh, we have, what is it? Uh, four, we have four people here who are going to be core members being sent, five members, sorry, that are being sent uh, to eat Denver. Uh, and so 
we got each member to plug in their travel costs, what it would cost for them to get to the event, and then also what they deemed fair by the DAO in terms of compensation. Now, the base ask is just the, just the travel cost to get there is uh, $6,500. Uh, and that's going to include everybody's basically travel expenses to get there, which uh, it seemed like there was re really no pushback on that, on that aspect. But there were some concerns regarding the, the compensation and the accountability for the work that gets done. And so my kind of idea around that is to, uh, this is a great opportunity for me to use DWORK and for the DAO to see the work that's being done at ETH Denver and also not exclude anybody else from the DAO that may have something useful to contribute to ETH Denver. And so an example would be if we, if we recorded some video from ETH Denver and we wanted it to be packaged up in a really concise, uh, just a really well edited video to release on Twitter while we're at the event, we could actually issue a bounty from ETH Denver on DWORK for someone to take as an editing bounty. So, you know, if Thrax was interested in editing a video, there would be a bounty available for that. And so when someone completes a bounty, I'll allocate some reputation points and these reputation points will basically dictate your share of that pool. So whatever the DAO deems fair as a reward pool for ETH Denver, is uh, you know we can decide that maybe it's four or five thousand dollars maybe it's a little bit more, and uh, reputation points would be allocated to those who are doing work those who are accepting the bounties that get issued, and this would go for the actual live event itself and so, you know if no future is going to be out actually doing some work you know maybe he's uh, you know filming maybe he's at the event live streaming, and. I wanted to make sure that he gets compensated for that. I would issue, an, issue a bounty on DWORK. He would take the bounty. It would have the specifics of how much work he did, you know, just brief, like how many hours, what he did. And there would be some reputation points assigned to that. And so at the end of the event, once everybody has, you know, at the end of the week, we can look at the reputation points everybody has accrued during the event. And then we can allocate that percentage share of the pool to, to those people. And so it, it kind of, it kind of, uh, is a great way for reinforcing accountability because for example, if I went to eat Denver saying, I'm going to do all these things and I end up doing nothing and I just end up hanging out for the whole week, then my reputation points will reflect that at the end of the week. And, you know, I won't get anything from the pool. So, uh, that also goes for any other DAO member, Avagachi DAO member. If Musashi, I know he, he had some some concerns. If he was at ETH Denver and he decided to get involved with something we're doing and it counted as, as some sort of work, we could even assign some reputation points to Musashi. And then, you know, he would get his allocation for for doing that, even though you know, even though he wasn't part of that core like Gachi Lodge team that was sent. And so it kind of gives people an opportunity to uh, pick up some bounties and uh, it's not exclusive, which I think people were getting upset by last last week when we discussed this, it seemed like it was like an exclusive thing uh, for a specific group of people. And so uh, these people are good for the work that they've done. Obviously you guys know all of us and the work we've done. So uh, I think this ask is reasonable, especially for the travel costs. I mean, the one thing to consider there is the longer we wait to get the funding, um, the, the travel costs will go up. That's the only variable is if we wait long, if we wait too long, the the travel costs will will rise and the, the ask will be bigger for the travel cost. 
but other than that, the the pool, the the rewards pool, is something I would like the DAO. You know, we can have a conversation on what the DAO thinks is reasonable. I think the calculation we have there is based on it's like a fifteen hour wage, a fifteen dollar an hour like wage rate, like minimum wage kind of thing. And so it's really uh, way below like any sort of like just hired help. Uh, I think you know I think Los Local, you were saying if you were to like just get some hired help at East Denver, you know, not Avagachi specific, not promotional, nothing like that, but just extra hands at the event, you could be looking at maybe twenty twenty five dollars an hour or something like that, right? Yeah, seventeen to twenty five dollars an hour is pretty like for you know trade show help, which was what I based that on. Yeah, so we kind of went below that just because we want to make sure you guys feel, uh, you know, that we're being fiscally responsible with everything here. And uh, and so, yeah, if you have any sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, suggestions or anything like that, just definitely run them by us. I'm going to put everything here in a forum post in the DAO forums here and looking forward to seeing kind of what other uh, feedback or opinions we get. I just really quickly want to say, because Mike Callium's not here, and he's asked this question several times, and I would love to ask this to the whole DAO because we haven't had the opportunity to. And it's like two questions. The first question is, has the DAO paid for marketing previously? The only example I can think of is like something like DinoSwap, which wasn't successful. Um, it was a lot of money. I don't know if the DAO has chipped in on marketing at all before this. And then the second question, which I think is the more important question, is does the DAO value marketing? Because I, I personally don't think it does. I've applied for grants for marketing stuff and it's always been shot down. I understand how difficult it is to quantify value from stuff like this, but I think we should really discuss that because if we don't, then you know we're, what are we doing? And I just want to figure out ways that we can move towards that because marketing and the DAO chipping in on that, I think is important for us. And if we don't think so, then I think we need to figure that out now. Yeah, I think I think in the past maybe we Yeah, I think in the sorry, go ahead. You know what I'm saying? We don't have to figure it out right now. We can figure it out in the future because this has been a long meeting. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to get I don't want to go on too long there and just the uh I guess one more point to make there is if the Dow has never funded uh any sort of marketing initiative, this might be the the most convincing uh marketing initiative that we've had so far. And so maybe we might want to look at this just how we looked at the Alchemica spending competition as something we haven't done before. And, you know, I guess at the time they considered the Alchemica allocation, the spending allocation there as a kind of a small experimental amount. And so the idea there was to do this competition. And then in hindsight, we can look at what came about of the competition and we can make it better. We can make a better projection to the kind of value that we could get from that sort of thing. I think that's the same kind of approach we're taking to this. Uh, taking with this here is we're looking at this as a very small uh, treasury treasury allocation for something that we haven't done before, but could be incredibly valuable, uh, just in terms of just data, but also in terms of the. Um, what comes out of it, the the, the, the deliverables. Uh, so that's just one thing to think about there, just from like a philosophical perspective is we have, we have kind of uh, taken, um, we have taken to like this idea of like doing an experiment and then looking at back on it and seeing what the results of the experiment were. 
and seeing what the value is of that experiment and if we're going to support that going forward. So I just wanted to end off with that. Uh, that was my last point. And so I'll just dump everything here in the forums. I don't want to keep you guys too long. I'll dump everything in the forums. You guys can look through the expense worksheet and everything we have put out there. And uh, yeah, looking forward to your feedback. And it seems like overall the the sentiment I'm getting is is pretty good from the Dow. So yeah, that's that's all I had. Uh, do you guys have anything else to add up here? Uh, like and subscribe to uh, Gotcha News. That's it. Bye. <laughs> there you go. Independently funded Gotcha News. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we'll see you next week on Wednesday. I think Wednesday or Thursday, we should do a Twitter space uh, with uh, guests every week. It's a great place to have some really great conversations with other communities. Uh, if we don't see you, uh, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll see you on Friday night at the GMI block party. Or we might see you on the weekend. So just enjoy your week. We'll see you next weekend. Peace out, folks.